Special edition. I can't lie, I'm very happy with that. Well done, you added extremely to the start of your usual. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, things are taking a turn for the extreme. Because yeah. we're uh, looking back today in this special edition of the show at uh, ECW Heatwave 98. Over once again, I'm Kevin Mann, joined in this traipse through ECW by Mr. Adam Bibolo. Hello, Adam. Hello, Kevin. How would you feel if I told you I'd watched Extreme Rules 2013 <laughs> and there was a, a big mishap? And <laughs> it's the one night of the year the Attitude Era podcast goes extreme. That's right, Extreme Rules 2013. <laughs> I'll try and keep up, I guess. I guess. What's going to happen now that Brock Lesnar is back? <laughs> Will Daniel Bryan get his just-deserved push? I mean, there's a lot, lot going on, you know? I don't think Sheamus is ready for the big time, if I'm quite honest. No way is John Cena going to put Brock Lesnar over there. <laughs> And John Cena's going to take a bit of a break after this as well, this day. That was what was meant to happen. I, I have watched, I should say now, for the people that might be turning off their iPods in anticipation, I have watched Heatwave 98. Yeah, and the Extreme Rules 2013 review will be out later this <laughs> week. <laughs> I was be very, very blunt about this. When we first started the Editor podcast, I had kind of a mental list of stuff which I wasn't going to bother doing. Mm. Because, you know, it's stuff which I feel has been done over and over and over again. It's the yeah. reason why I'm like, I was like, I'm never going to do an episode that's like the Montreal Screwjob. Yeah, that's been yeah, done. it's all been said. You know, that being said, if you want to know our opinions on the Montreal Screwjob, the commentary for Wrestling With Shadows there is available go. now at selfie.com slash podcast. But the, one of the main ones was, I was like, don't want to do any fucking ECW. Mm. And I was adamant about that. People were always kind of really? like, yeah. And the reason was because I thought, what else is there? Mm. to say about ECW because I think ECW has been analysed and revisited to, to death if I'm quite mm. honest I'm not just talking about podcasts I'm just talking about wrestling as a whole we as wrestling fans and wrestling promoters also out there have done everything in their power to make sure that every drop of nostalgia for ECW has been bled dry like well I'm sure if anyone's going to offer something to say it's going to be this 24 year old man who's never watched an ECW well that's exactly it once I found out that you'd never seen ECW yeah I was like well we now we have to fucking do it I'm the Billy Keeble in this situation well you're the Sam Chaplin as well in this situation (laughs) extreme swirl as it has been Adam's not seen that ECW mate <laughs> for fuck's sake but yeah I thought given the fact that we're at a period now where you're know, covering we're in an absolute glory period mm. where you know the guys who are in ECW the, the mainstays really they're not just kind of coming in a lot of them are very much established and you're obviously talking about the likes of you know Taz and Dudley Boys, Dudley Boys Raven and yeah. even the, the style as a whole being replicated in, in WWF at the time I thought it was very worth me going back on my initial kind of no way ECW yeah so this isn't going to be me kind of sitting back and telling you how much I fucking love ECW because I think that's been done good yeah. I'm, I'm more concerned with how you Adam might feel yeah, about I, this show I coming really into it talk about ECW as much as I just want to talk about this show I mean I, I can't really say much about ECW because I've not seen any of it apart from Heatwave 98 so let's just take this pay-per-view as a pay-per-view and just talk about this show we can still talk about the guys surrounding it and the players that are involved but like 
like you said, everything to do with ECW as a whole, it's been said. I think much. so, it's definitely. And I think we should try and like re- review this show. This show, which, of course, Heatwave 98 was picked as the overwhelming favourite. We did an open vote on facebook.com slash podcast to vote for this episode. This was overwhelmingly the favourite one. Why is that? Is there one particular match that everyone loves, or is it just the card in general? or is it? I think most people are of the opinion there's, there's two things. Number one... This is their most successful show in terms of, like, they peaked, mm. almost some would argue at this point. In terms of quality or money, like... Um, Just in terms of, like, everything working and yeah. more good than bad. Before the wheels fell off. Before the wheels started falling off, before yeah. people started getting disgruntled, before the many, many, many problems with ECW that cropped up and led to its downfall that I'm no doubt everyone who's listening are more than well aware of, of yeah. ECW. If you're not in tune with ECW at all, I would say do obviously watch you know, The Rise and Fall of ECW documentary. So good. That's on the network as well. It's man, on the network it? yeah. and it's it's top-notch. Like, yeah. But just a quick question though before we get stuck into this. ECW though growing up because mm. obviously that was something that I watched a bit of, I think I mentioned before. It, it was on Bravo in the UK in yeah. 2000. So when ECW appeared on TNN, I got a little bit of that over in, in Ireland as a result of that. So I, I watched my ECW and I was familiar with a lot of the mainstays as a result. Yeah. Were you aware of ECW? To- totally aware of it. And I knew um, a fair few of the big guys, like the big names. Don't really know how I know them. So, I mean, one of the facts uh, that probably helped is I had ECW Anarchy Rules ah, I think, yes. on the Dreamcast. The one that's just a reskin of WWE. <laughs> fucking sucks. So I learned most of the guys from that. And obviously I was always aware of it as a kid. It's one of these things that you heard about and people talked about it. And it was sort of like the, oh, that's the grown-ups kind of really... It's like the horror movies of wrestling, you know. Oh, well, it's w- really out there. WWF kind of. at the time were very much, you know, don't acknowledge the existence of WCW. Yeah, you wouldn't hear the talk of it on there. Like. But, you know, that would have been said, though. I mean, you'd hear the crowd chanting ECW when they mm. saw something hardcore. And when someone was debuting, Jim Ross wouldn't be, you know, beyond mentioning, oh, yeah, ECW. Yeah. And you had the likes of Dreamer coming around when, you know, Raven debuted, stuff like that. They were very kind of like, oh, you know, ECW, that's that other organization. Yeah. And that's obviously because, you know, well established now from the, the Paul Heyman documentary that there was a working relationship mm. between Vince and Heyman at the time. So that's why we do see a bit of crossover, particularly this 1998 period. Yeah. Obviously, a young a young Brackus, you know, was, was seen in ECW. Oh. You know, there, there would be a talent exchange, things like that. Yeah. Did you know of the level, like, did you know that it was a violent show? I knew, that's what I knew. I knew it was violent, and that's about it. I knew that they used, like, way more weapons and, like, crazier weapons than WWF ever did. I didn't know how bad their language was. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> pretty glad I didn't watch it too much as a kid, like, um, because some of it is pretty heavy going stuff. Like, when like, you heard as a kid, because this is what happened, honestly, when I was a kid, I got, you know, 98 or whatever, my brother's friends had, like, you know, they were mad into their tape trade and stuff mm. like that. And they had, like, Best of Sabu, and you'd hear stories, and I'd be, like, absolutely, like, just blown away by this, the mystique of it. They're like, yeah. this guy's Sandman. No, he's actually drunk. Or this guy's Sabu. He's covered in scars mm. and tales of barbed wire and pools of blood on a weekly basis. And seeing as at the time, my favourite shit was, like, Hell in a Cell. And, yeah, you know, all the I, extreme stuff. I was, yeah. so, I was so, like foaming at the mouth if I had YouTube at the time obviously it was 2000 1999 you, you couldn't find that stuff but I was yeah. like so fucking intrigued when you heard about how violent it was were you kind I, of I, it def- mystique is definitely the right word like it definitely had that sort of kind of aura about it of this is different you know WCW was very much to me 
as a kid felt like it was the Digimon to my Pokemon. Or yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Whereas ECW was like something completely different altogether. I was going to say uh, WWF is Pokemon, WCW is Digimon, ECW is like the, Yu-Gi-Oh. Or no, I was going to say it's the mad violent anime tape that your mate has got. <laughs> but it's Street Fighter Two. Why is there so much violence and Why sexuality? Is there Why? Ah! <laughs> you know that's kind of what ECW. But I, I wasn't the same as like you, where I was like desperate to get my hands on it and find it or anything. It was more just sort of my brother would tell me about it. It's like, oh yeah, there's this thing called ECW, but you don't need to watch that. You've got your WWF. You're grand with that. You like your Stone Cold and you're yeah, yeah, yeah. I never really felt. I was content with WWF. I didn't feel the drive to like find any other shows like ECW and actually watch them. But now ECW, here we go. Heatwave 1998. This is. By the admission of the ECW faithful, and our fans anyway, the show for ECW. How does it hold up? How does it stack up for someone who was previously obsessed with it, like myself, and someone who's watching it for the first time? Let's go find out. (laughs) (laughs) Straight to that joke. (laughs) ECW. What the fucking music? tonight because tonight Bam Bam Bigelow gets his hands on Taz. You all remember what happened last time and living dangerously Bam Bam took Taz and put him through the ring. Tonight Bammer has a sword Francine and I that he will put Taz's ass not through the ring, but through the goddamn concrete floor! Well, that remains to be seen, but... Champ, you're looking good as always. tonight. I bought a new suit. It's, it's double-breasted, like Francine. Yeah, but Joey, I bet you your suit didn't cost you six grand, like... So, opening us up there, he's one of the mainstays of ECW, and one of the guys which really drew me into the company originally, I'm talking about Joey Styles. Yeah. He's the man behind the commentator's desk for all of ECW's run. Most of the time, he was on his own. Mm, I heard, yeah. That, that to me, I mean, he wasn't tonight, but that to me sounds like just, I don't think I could bear a one-man commentary team. It's too much like watching someone live streaming a game on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I, I, I mean, I haven't tried watching one of Joey's. I, I would solo say, matches, well, but. depending on what you felt of his commentary, I would mm. say, I, I think Joey Styles is the only guy who's, who's been able to, to pull it off. Jim Ross could do it. Yeah. I don't think Jim Ross would like to do it, but Joey yeah. Styles is my own record in saying that you know he thought that he could do it on his own. And he, he could. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. I think Joey Styles commentary on his own. Here's kind of gonna a few points like this which is kind of something I adored when I was younger but now in the cold light of being an adult with a bit of an asterisk besides 
my love of Joey Styles yeah. amongst other ECW things. As a kid, Joey Styles going, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. You know, I, I just thought it was the funniest thing. <laughs> the funniest fucking thing. I adored Joey Styles. Yeah. He was like my hero of wrestling, if I'm to be quite honest. Is it, be honest, was it the glasses? Is that what A it little was? bit. Yeah. A little bit. It was the fact it's that a recurring you had this, thing for you. Yeah, you had this little nerdy guy in this real, like, fucking shithole company. He looks like you know? such a goober as well, doesn't he? Does, he does. He looks so clean cut. Yeah, he shouldn't be there, you'd think, to start you think off with. He should be in a WWF. Because he's from yeah. fucking Connecticut, you know? I he, mean, he'd look better next to Michael Cole, you'd think, or something. Yeah. yeah. But I love the fact that he. On, appearance he seemed like this very much straight lace kind of hi I'm Joey Styles welcome to Livewire yeah. gonna be taking your calls we're gonna screen them first though you know <laughs> <laughs> but instead he comes out with some of this some of the swearing and just the way he, he yeah, reacts he so into it he's, he's, he is really ECW himself like completely and the problem though is that like you know met Joey Styles WrestleMania 25 oh yeah queued up for an hour to do the call a match with oh yeah Joey Styles nice. kind of thing my mate queued up he got to do one with fucking uh, who was it it was like uh, Mean Gene but I was like no, oh mate. man Joey Styles all the way because he actually was known for commentary <laughs> so me and Joey Styles got to uh, do a bit of commentary over the potted highlights of Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels amazing retirement match brilliant now I don't remember much of it other than my analogy of Shawn Michaels using the inverted figure four to invert Ric Flair's fortunes as it was a <laughs> also on point saying there's no four horsemen to save him here tonight Joey oh. <laughs> but that at the point was the greatest moment of my life as a, as a wrestling fan yeah. you know as a wrestling fan that's important <laughs> now Joey Styles I've come to find out since because of Twitter, he's a right-wing Republican nut. Is he? Yeah. Oh. And that was a... You couldn't have told me this at the end of the recording, no, could you? No, I couldn't. I'm going to tell you now. After we've sung his praises. I want praises. you to know, like, you can distinguish Joey Styles the commentator from Joey Styles the man who okay. tweets, yeah. Barack Hussein Obama, it's snowing. Climate change? Hashtag no. Oh. You know, that, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk purely about 98 Joey Styles, I think we? so. Yeah. Let's bear that Let's in mind. Joey opened up the pay-per-view here, as he always does. Uh, I love him kind of, you know, just being not just the voice, but also kind of the welcoming Is this face. the regular thing? Like, yeah. it opens, that's really cool. It would always like start, that. it's like, I'm Joey Styles, and usually it would be Gertner would be there with him later on. Yeah. But that was, ECW on pay-per-view would open with Joey Styles in the ring, kind of saying, this is what's going to That's really tonight. fucking cool. And he's joined tonight on commentary. One problem with this, I guess, is that, you know, this isn't typical. Joey didn't usually get joined by commentary on regular shows. Pay-per-views, yeah. Cyrus, you know, uh, from... Oh, yeah. yeah, from, yeah. Um, oh, shit, who was, he was with? Was it DOA? He, he was with um, the Truth Commission, and then later on he was with the uh, Acolytes. Acolytes, that was and Violence Turns Him On. Yeah, yeah, Violence Turns Him On. He would do it a bit, and Joel Gertner as well. Tonight, though, we've got the one and only, the French Fries. Yes! Shane Douglas. Cut the fucking music! <laughs> Thoughts on Shane Douglas in the right. commentary role? I, I've got such little frame of reference when it comes to Shane Douglas. The only thing I really know him from, and this is a very specific botch, from, it's one of my favourites from Botchamania. It was the one where he like challenges someone in uh, WCW and says it's going to be a best of five table matches. Now cut the fucking music! Which then the commentary team, you know, get more and more confused till by the end of the night they're going, this is a best of nine tables match. Yeah, we have reviewed a bit of Shane Douglas before, but that was obviously WCW year 2000. I forgot he was actually on that card. Well, he was wrestling fucking Buff Bagwell. Yeah, I forgot about that. 
But Shane Douglas here, this is the Shane Douglas he probably prefer you remember him for, which is sweary on top of the card in ECW. Yeah. Kind of has the feeling that the company is on his back. Just a great heel. A great, great heel to have that fucking dickhead jock at, be at the top. At this point in the night when he comes out and he's at the start here and he's fucking dressed like a knockoff 2000 Triple H. It's a pound shop Triple H. Backwards <laughs> leather paddy cap on. And he's got his fake Stephanie with him. Uh, Francine, is Francine, it? yeah. And he's like, Joey's new suit is double-breasted like Francine. And immediately I was thinking, this, I'm not going to get on with this. No. I'm not going to like it. And but then he sits down at commentary and slowly throughout the night, he just becomes this amazing commentator, like doing all the proper play-by-plays and talking yeah, about yeah. psychology and stuff. Now, Francine is, I think, now this is going to be probably get hate for this, but like Paul Heyman couldn't find value in women in his wrestling show, seemingly <laughs> other say. than this kind of role yeah. or maybe like oh she'll beat up a man kind yeah. of you know he very much the valet the eye candy yeah you know uh i think you probably count on your hand the number of of female wrestling matches there are in ecw not history. one tonight no you know oh, god i mean that's not there's no women's division there's no ecw women's champion right you know? okay uh, you know wcw is guilty of that as well though you know obviously not how not putting any kind of feature on it whatsoever mm. But when you've kind of only got women coming out and the crowd are just chanting, slut, show your tits, yeah. she's a crack whore, regardless if she's a face or a heel. Jesus, they did that All for right? faces as well. Yeah, because like, they just come out and they just chant whatever, you know. Mm. And the crowd make it very uncomfortable. Yeah, and oh, obviously, oh, that, that happens. That's a big theme tonight. It's, it's feeling, feeling uncomfortable with the crowd being bloodthirsty and like full of lust and everything. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, you know, ECW, something I was massively into, you know, you know, older years, um, you know, back when I was 18, 19, I was ECW, massive mark first. Mm. Really like trying to watch all the shows, as many as I could. And honestly, it's only from doing the Attitude podcast and us kind of coming to terms with kind of going wow fans were a bit shit back then or fuck that was sexist yeah that watching ecw now it's kind of like right i do have to kind of downgrade my fandom because it's 10 times worse yeah than fucking wwf because at least it occurred to wwf to have these women wrestle now at and least then. they'd fight each other and be competitors you to know, some extent yeah like Heyman would had connections at like strip clubs and that's how he got a lot of his uh, female talent in you know yeah. and that's just kind of that's how they portrayed them you know, and that's he, he did that because he knew that's what the fans were going to do. Yeah. And Francine says probably three words tonight. Yeah, she says fuck all. You know, and that's She's kind got of, nothing to do here. Basically. Again, that's usually was it with the women in ECW. Other than fighting each other yeah. in a cat fight as a spot in a man's match, mm. that was really the extent of it. Yeah. But uh, I, I do realize straight away that ECW is not family friendly, both for that and both for Shane Douglas's very colorful language. Yeah. F bombs on a wrestling Seriously, show. I, I feel so prudish, but like, I would, because I'm so unused to seeing swearing to that degree yeah, yeah. in wrestling, but I would, every time someone swore, I would genuinely be like, <gasps> like proper gas. do that? That's, oh God, he's fired. Like. <laughs> I do, honestly, when, when Douglas swears, when he says, cut the fucking... I, yeah. it, I think it's awesome. It, oh, it is. I, it's, it really is awesome. like, it, it's shocking. It's genuinely shocking. So the crowd start chanting, show your tits, as they try to get through the intro of this. Mm. Shane looks at Francine's breasts, and the crowd then boo him. Yeah. Like, oh, Not to him, obviously. Oh, what a heel. To us. I, I don't get it. No. So, yeah, that's our promo opening things up. And then we just cut straight to the kind of 
Paul Heyman made it in his basement with yeah. a VHS recorder. It's brilliant. Potted highlights of ECW. I love it. It's weird. I can't put my finger on it, but the little opening promo there with Joey and French fries made me like a little bit uneasy because I was thinking like, oh, this is going to be nothing but all the things we complain about on yeah, the podcast. Yeah. This is going to make me feel very uneasy and just uncomfortable for the entire night. And then I don't know what it was, but this video package they play here, it just suddenly all started it's making kind of sense. Roughly on the head, kind of going, oh, don't worry, there's violence too. It's, yeah, it's, I don't know, it, just, it sort of, it was like, oh yeah, you know, kind of the gritty, dirty, fucking zero budget, like, what do you expect? You're bound to be offended by this. It's yeah. ECW, of course it's going to make you uncomfortable. And once I'd sort of got my head around the fact that it's like, yeah, it's not clean. It's not going to no. be a regular WWF stuff. I kind of eased into it a little bit more. This opening package really like got me into the whole gritty, oh, I know. And nasty kind of mood. For again, it. I think Paul Heyman at the time, I don't think was sitting there wondering, well, man, no woman's going to watch the show if we only portray women like this. Yeah, he didn't give a shit. He like, didn't give a shit. It's not his audience. He was looking for 18 to 24 or whatever. You, know, you basically. Yeah, I'm still just in that category. Exactly. Yeah. And, and this it... package worked on me. <laughs> like, you know, it's and, effective manipulation. Yeah, and that's exactly... They they went... The thing at ECW is they were not worried about you know sponsors or being a publicly traded company. They went for the niche and they went for yeah. as hard as possible to that aggressive male, straight, white dude fucking yeah. target down. Demo, and that's what ECW is and as a result of that you're going to see a lot of stuff here on this show tonight that we fucking love but yeah. I imagine as well there's a lot of stuff that will probably make you kind of go ooh oh yeah yeah there's, there's, there's both at the same yeah. time that's ECW for you but I just do love the because everyone wants to be gritty and everyone wants to be you know wants to have the illusion have that, they're, that they're edgy yeah. and they're, but you know what no one no wrestling company ever has managed to strike the balance between low budget and edgy but also production values and yeah. can actually be watched and enjoyed as a show well, it's because like you say they've got no one to impress or to please they just they fucking go for it they go all out in terms of like you know they could just have like you know a little bit of violence or a little bit of bad language well, they go whatever, full. but they go full hog and like the whole thing just you can't emulate something like that. You either you do it or yeah. you either do it all all in or you don't do it at all. And, and that's why it, it works in their favour. Definitely, and this as well the fact that it has that kind of minimum standard of you know the camera isn't shaky. You know yeah. the ring is mic'd up, awesome. The commentators can be heard, it, heard it's clearly. It's competent, like yeah, yeah. It's it's done to that minimum standard that you just have to have for a wrestling yeah. show. You know, I would actually say, and this is going to be fucking ridiculous, but at times, the production values of just the shooting alone was better than WCW. Oh, no, I, I'd agree. I can't get on with WCW's production yeah, yeah. values, personally. Even though WCW was probably had a two zeros at the end of their production budget. Yeah. Which is interesting, though, how that kind of crops I up. I think that's kind of more about knowing wrestling and how to I film so. wrestling. That's about budget and just you know, knowing the best way to go about shooting or something or producing a product like and this. And you better believe everyone who's working for Paul Heyman knew their fucking shit. Oh, yeah. You know, he found those passionate people, the people who are willing to fucking go up on a cross... For, yeah. for for everything that goes to production as well like. well they talk about it non-stop while they're all eating spaghetti at Paul's mom's house <laughs> as we know from beyond the man as we know from beyond the man Jerry Lynn taking on Just Incredible in her opening contest I got immediately excited for this people always talk about it oh ECW's not just blood and guts and mm. they always kind of point to there's other ECW as well and this very much is usually what people were talking about. Yeah. This kind of fast-paced, technically sound, glorious grappling. Mm. And you're getting here two of my faves. I love Jerry Lynn. Absolutely love him. I love Just Incredible. Absolutely love him as well. Uh, Do you want to know my frame of reference for this match? 
By all means. Yo, you dealing with the X factor. I got everything I Yo, yo. Oh, I know you hate X Factor, but you ain't gonna put me down like that. I always knew Just Incredible was a big deal. Yeah. But like He was a much bigger deal than X Factor, don't All I fucking know about the guy is X Factor with Albert and Park. Did you see Jerry Lynn then in his very brief tenure? No I've no idea who Jerry Lynn is. No idea. So you've never seen Jerry before? No. Okay. Jerry Lynn is kind of, in many ways, he's like kind of people who say he's like the hardest working man in wrestling kind of right. thing, you know? Never got his big break. I'm gonna be snookering you, snookering you tonight. Big break! Was a bonus character on SmackDown 3, but that doesn't really count as making it in the business anymore, mm. you know? So, uh, Jerry Lynn, yeah, he. Fred he, Durst, you could say the same Yeah, about exactly, me. you know? Fred Durst has probably got more accomplishments that are recognized by, by wrestling fans than. Jerry Lynn, fucking. Awesome, love him, really great. Didn't have his fair shake of the stick in in WWF. Mm. Very humble man, and again, I don't think that serves you very well. Not in, in the wrestling business. Wrestling, no. Nicole Bass sighting. Oh, I was not expecting her. I had no, no idea she was an crossover of talent there again. That would have been kind of you go down there for a bit, then you come up here oh, so, for a so bit. She was sent by WWF. Yeah, she yeah. wasn't just hanging around here. Kind of would have been sent back and forth. Right. Bit. So I must say, Nicole Bass is portrayed if, if I didn't think it'd be possible for her to be portrayed better than she was in, on WWF but she, they actually managed she to. is because she's like on WWF she was a freak show spectacle kind of cool, look at her she's yeah, that whereas here they're crying more for a, a she, China she's type that, well he even says at one point they should call her Russia because she's so much bigger than China like that's fucking blatant right there, obviously someone at WCW was watching this going Asia we can do that for <laughs> thing, like. but yeah Nicole Bass is part of Just Incredible's odd entourage if mm. you've got an odd entourage you're made in ECW and ECW had odd entourages out the fucking wazoo we've got Chastity Nicole Bass and quote the sexiest man alive Jason I tell you what he is a fucking hunk though, isn't he? <laughs> do you not think he's greasy as fuck oh no he's got that sort of fucking Joey Ryan thing going on for him I think if you were to ask like a poorly written female um, character in a porn what their idea <laughs> of a hunk is they draw a sketch of Jason well, what does that say about me? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Jason, I, I I love this a weird entourage. There was another guy, Simon Diamond. You know, he had a weird entourage as well. Dudley's later on. They have a weird entourage. Mm. Raven had a weird entourage. It's a trope of Paul Heyman's booking. But like Simon Diamond, for instance, when he came out, you know, when he was in ECW, he just had an usher in an old-timey cinema, a lad with a fucking torch. <laughs> no fucking reason. He just did. I'm a bad guy. Where are my weirdos? They need to, you know, pad me out. I love that. If I'm honest, I'm not a massive fan of that. Just purely as an outsider who is trying to take in everything that's going on. There was so many instances tonight where the ring is just surrounded by all these people. Yeah. I'm like, who are these guys? And like, it's I honestly, I struggle. Take it in. Like, I, I struggle to tell you. Yeah, there's at the so best many of times them. why each of those people is out there. It's, it's. I think it's cool if a couple of guys have entourages, but for every single person to have like six characters that I need to recognise with them as well, it's a little too much for me. Yeah, no, it's 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 a lot to take in. Yeah. Definitely. Obviously, watching this on the network as we did. Oh yeah. Bit of an issue with this. One of, if not the coolest thing. 
about ECW back in the day was its music. So I hear, yeah. And I don't think you probably got... That's one thing you definitely didn't get the, the right uh, look at. There was like one entrance music throughout the whole night that was actually correct. I yeah, think, Sabu's, I yeah. think. Uh, Taz's as well, I believe. Yeah. But obviously, WWE aren't forking out the money for that. Yeah. And you were... I mean, honestly, you know, you're, you're kind of stuck in that case because it was never commercially released with the proper music. Yeah. You know, and WWE aren't allowing, you know pay-per-views that are unedited to be just around on the internet these days to stream yeah so you're kind of stuck really sucks it sucks out a lot of the atmosphere yeah because the music they replace it with isn't isn't passable at all it's awful i will say it's better though than the ecw dvds that used to come out this neck of the woods where there was just a rush job via or f video i think or whoever had the rights and they would just throw a loud royalty free track over the music well over the original yeah Oh, jeez. And you wouldn't hear the commentary, you wouldn't hear the crowd, all you hear would be... Uh, I, will, I that... will say, it is seamless. Like, even though it's... Yeah, no, it is shit, seamless. Joey... You can still hear Joey Styles yeah. perfectly clearly underneath. I think Joey re-recorded some lines. Did like, he really? I think so. Oh, I didn't spot I was being, I was being very close to this and very, very close. It's very there. well hidden, if so. If so, very well hidden. But if any detectors out there and you reckon you know, get in touch, obviously. But yeah, the music on this kind of suffers as a result... Yeah. Just know that, you know, we're aware that the atmosphere has been sucked out a little bit. Jerry's trousers nay fit, but he is pretty fucking incredible. Just incredible gets a Justin asshole chant. And we get quick <laughs> ass action. Shares what you're seeing WCW at the time, really. But mm. it's like turned up to 11. It's so good. Like, straight away, these guys are fucking brilliant, both of them. Just Incredible's only 24 here as mm. well, they say. He's yeah. so young. He was uh, he was very much considered to be the next guy. Yeah. At the time, he was considered to be kind of a young prodigy, almost. And I'll tell you something, there's nothing worse than going back watching old wrestling shows when you got a couple of 20-year-olds in the ring and they're talking about how they're the future of the business and you yeah. know this is them peaking. Uh, it's fucking, it's horrible. Because Just Incredible probably deserved better but he never reached these heights. Judging by his performance in this, yeah, I, I was astonished that he did so badly in WWE. Yeah. Because he's he, amazing. And he was yeah. mates with the click as well. How the fuck does that happen? He was mates with the click. How the fuck does that happen? How, Jesus. How, how does X Factor happen? <laughs> the fuck? Two X members of the click. How the fuck does that happen? Is Albert so poison that he manages to undo the political leanings of two of the stars? I don't understand it. I don't. Joey Styles, I'll tell you one thing as well about this, what I love. Kind of actually you were seeing WCW at the time. What you weren't seeing in WCW at the time, though, were announcers who gave a fuck about the moves, the style of wrestling, and the wrestlers in there. Joey Styles is putting these lads over massively. He is fucking phenomenal at this. He knows how to call yeah. a match. And he knows how to call it, put other guys over. I'll tell you one thing he does, though, which I don't like, which is him kind of being a little bit too smart for his own boots... When he's kind of going, oh, so-called wrestling journalists say that they know it's going to... Yeah. Mate, don't expose the business. That's our job, yeah? Okay? It just makes him look like a sneering asshole as well, to be honest. Like, if, it comes off as whiny. If you're in the business and you're exposing the business, you're basically just flashing us, all right? <laughs> it's wrong. It exposes the business. <laughs> just incredible. It sets a chair up to under the face of Jerry Lynn. He gets a running knee to it. Followed up with sit-down powerbomb. Mm. Unique offense by these two guys. Fucking love it. Immediately, the second weapon started getting involved in this. I was like, he's going to fucking get disqualified. That's what I love about it. Is that when there's matches where you know that every match you can have weapons, it doesn't mean that they're going to go, right, now we have to do weapons. Yeah. A match will go by and there'll be no weapons, and people generally, if it was well-wrestled, wouldn't be pissed off. Yeah. They'd just be like, oh, okay. 
this match hasn't got weapons. But when they do use weapons, it doesn't mean they have to rely on them. Yeah. Kind of go, this match has weapons, better fucking use the weapons. It's just another part of the arsenal. Exactly. And kind of actually, in their own way, they managed to, I would argue that by using them a bit in a lot of matches as opposed to loads in a few, Mm. they actually managed to hold back a little bit on the weapons in a a roundabout way. And maybe maybe people might not agree with that, but in their own way, I think they did. Big fucking headlock by Just Incredible, though. Slows things right down. And the entourage keep interfering on his behalf, working over Jerry Lynn. They then have a crowd-adjacent brawl. Yeah, just next to it. A lot of this in ECW. Not a fan no. of, of crowd brawling. No, I think I, we, we've, I, made we, we've established this. It bores me to tears. I think, again, ECW having the bits that I love and the bits that I hate at the same time. It's a bit annoying. Shane tells us it's fucking roasting hot. Assumedly incredibly smelly as well, judging by the makeup of the crowd. <laughs> and as soon as he says it, he says, there's no air conditioning. It's heat wave 98. It's hot as fuck, Joey Styles. My balls are glued together. And you see Jerry Lynn is drenched. Yeah. He's drenched it, in sweat. It's, it's cool, again, stuff like that, where he will address the fact, like, you know, in WWE, they'll just try and pretend, like, don't mention the fact that he's sweating loads. Yeah. You don't embarrass him like that. <laughs> but... When Douglas says stuff like that and he's explaining about how they must be exhausted, it's so hot in here. It makes, it seem real, it makes them yeah. seem like real men, not superstars. These are actual yeah. guys that are wrestling now. I think their ECW wasn't concerned with its wrestlers being viewed as branded demigods at all times. And that's so refreshing. It that is. makes such a change. Now here are guys who are fighting in a shitty arena and they're suffering for And for it. most of the roster, they're dressed like shit. They look yeah. rubbish. And like. I think the fact that they embrace that like Land of Misfit Toys thing... Definitely. It really, really helps things here. If you had Joey Styles trying to fucking make out that, you know... I mean, he's telling you they're, that they're athletic and all that stuff, but he's trying to make out that they were like fucking, you know, like the world's leading greatest superstar. Look at the Sandman. He's a god among look, men. Look at the size of the Sandman. He's put on some lean muscle mass. <laughs> he had 10 beers before he came out. You know, I like that. Now, it is refreshing that they kind of treat them as, as humans almost. A top rope Hurricane gets reversed into a catch powerbomb, oh, and I jumped out of my fucking chair. The snap. DDT onto a chair by Jerry Lynn and just fucking amazing. Now the entourages are coming in to break up the pins. Mm. This is setting a pace for an opening contest. I'm fucking adoring this. I'll tell you what I noticed in this match as well. I don't know if this is a recurring thing for ECW, but the way the ring is mic'd, mm. the fucking Loud. slams sound like cannons going yeah. off. They're amazing. That was their style. They made The ring was very springy mm. and there were a lot of mics there. So when they hit that mass, it fucking goes no, if bam you'd, if you'd have told me that before I watched it I would have thought that sounded like the hokiest thing ever having it really oh, really yeah. loud but it sounds so genuinely awesome like you get this proper big and noise. It's just, yeah it's great it's and badass. it echoes around the shitty old arena yeah. everyone in the crowd is like fucking shook when a move is done and again like it's quite bouncy Mm. but you don't kind of go well that's very very bouncy not to the point of silliness no No one in ECW no crowd in ECW as hardcore and bloodthirsty as they were ever complains about the mat being too bouncy too soft it's not not hard enough you know know? and whereas WWF which had the fucking rock solid mats and the shit hurt like fuck and looked and sounded like shit as a result that makes no sense does it yeah exactly imagine Bradshaw and fucking Vader with this match oh god I'm just saying like you know it's around the same time Top rope Hurricane Rana to the outside through a table. Yeah. There's a fucking mouthful. Opening contest. Opening contest. Yeah. Have we set the pace yet? Seriously. Jason then gets tiger bombed by Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn with a lame low blow spot Nicole on Nicole Bass. Bass. And kind yeah. Of, yeah, they were, she was treating her like kind of just being the silent person. She comes in, 
hits her down below and then she acts like she's got, you know, testicles. And Joey's like, she probably has testicles knowing her. Yeah, Joey Styles, I don't like the way he talks about Nicole Bass. Like, he's really trying to put over the fact that even though we were just saying earlier about how that she gets a better treatment here than WWF, still, even so, no, he's no, still like, couldn't resist. Oh, there's Nicole Bass, the heat, she, whatever she is. Whatever like, that thing, you know. Yeah, it's gross. Tell you what, WWE, if you want, right, and the job is going, you give it to me and Adam, right? And when you go, nah, 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 at the start of your fucking shows, we'll let people know if it's going to be transphobic no, or not. Transphobia, so, yeah. <laughs> didn't mean it. Didn't, I would have thought two episodes in a row that this would come up, but, you know, there you go. I would have thought there's not a single transgender person on the roster that would still get transphobia <laughs> in a fucking well, pay-per-view. There you go, lads. Jerry gets the tombstone onto Chastity again. Like you know, <laughs> the the entourage has to get has to get hit, right? Yeah. But Joey Styles here, right? He you're gonna have to fucking go out your way to hit women in ECW. It's gonna happen, obviously. Mm. That's the accepted thing. You have to accept that, I guess. Jerry tombstones Chastity, and then Joey Styles goes. Now, normally, I wouldn't say you should hit a woman, but she's asking for it. Yeah. Right, but now, you still shouldn't. Though. <laughs> we're not. We're not. Everyone's not smart like you, Joey Styles. A lot of these fans aren't going to understand your supposed context. Yeah. But telling people that it's okay to hit a woman if they quote deserve it, nope. is not very helpful. I, I don't care if you'll be all like one of those people that's like, but it's ECW, you know. Of course they hit women. They were extremes. Like. I don't think anyone in the crowd would have really been that bothered if ECW didn't involve violence towards women. Like, she didn't even do anything as well. That's the thing. Like. Outside of this specific example, because like if you use the defense that this is typical in ECW and it's just one of the things that happens, take that entirely out of ECW. Would people be pissed off if there was no violence towards would women it be at any, all? Would it be any less ECW? Yeah. Like, would people be annoyed if there was no violence towards women? A good it? question, considering this is a match where we've had fucking catch top rope power bombs yeah it's right? still been incredibly top rope hark around it to the outside through a table you know yeah. I mean you know things like that Sarah with the face tombstoning a woman and saying that she deserves it yeah nah no nah. that leaves <laughs> a really bad taste no thanks ECW like Just Incredible gets a top rope tombstone pile driver yeah and there you go Just Incredible wins this match was I was watching this and kind of going I'm very glad that the fans picked this one because this is ECW in a nutshell mm. the fucking the enthralling mind-blowing highs yeah the work rate the spots the commentary all right the greasy fucking shitty awful lows yeah okay the fucking sexism the violence towards women you know and then the creamy middles as well you yeah. know and it was ecw in a nutshell everything which i used to you know which i used to and still love about ecw and stuff which i'm maybe a little bit wary about now mm. In a, in a nutshell, what did you think? This is a great opening match. Like, despite the things we complain about, like you say, I think having watched the rest of the card as well, I think this one match does give you a nice, pretty good barometer of what everything else is going to be like I for the rest gonna, of the night as well. Honestly, if I was going to say, and you've never watched ECW before, and you want to watch one match, mm. and people are going to say, "Oh no, watch Sabu and did it." Well, you know, honestly, just to get a, a thumb reading of what's typical, mm. this is. Pretty much the typical. This is why people love ECW. And it's good stuff. It's very good stuff. Very, very amazing In terms of just in-ring quality, this match was sublime. Definitely. Really, really amazing. Coming up next, it's another one. Fucking hell. Two more fucking Mm. absolute studs and beasts. Yeah. You following that up with Lance Storm versus Chris Candido. Fucking amazing. Lance Storm, massive fan of Lance Storm. I love Lance Storm almost as much as Lance Storm hates everything. (laughs) And that's a lot, folks. (laughs) 
Chris Candido, I don't know if you were familiar with... Uh... Don't know Chris Candido. Know very little Lance Storm. I know a little bit of his... Um, WWE. Was he, he did, was he in the anti-American... What was it called? The, the Un-Americans. Uh, the Un-Americans, sorry. I know a little bit of that. Yeah. And I've heard him on a few podcasts and think he's a very, very funny man. And he's got a mind for the business, has out Lance but Storm. I, I knew... He was one of those guys that... Even when I saw a bit of him in WWE, I knew that he had this sort of legacy of in the other companies he was much much better. And yeah, he, you know, Jim Ross would always go out of his way saying this man is underutilized. Yeah, hey monkeys in the back, <laughs> make Lance Storm a bigger star, you idiots. You know, he was always adamant about it. Like. So I was excited to finally see Lance Storm in his prime, kind of. You know, Chris Candido again. I, I, it's a fucking shocking story. Obviously, Candido died very very tragically. Um, he died because of like. You know, he had a, like a blood clot in his leg and he, oh, there was geez. pneumonia. And it was just kind of, it was one of those things where he just died in Fucking hospital. Hell. You know, he had other problems, he had other issues, blah, blah, blah. But it was sudden. But regardless. it was sudden and shocking. And, you know, he died very, very shocking. You know, he was uh, someone who was considered that he was going to be a big star. You know, went to WCW, made a bit of money, was probably held down and held back greatly because of his relationship with his wife, Sonny. Uh, oh, obviously. yeah, who we see here. A lot of... Um, Difficulties as a result of their marriage. Yeah. A lot of bridges burned, reburned, pissed on, and then burned again. <laughs> you know, uh, Candido very, very much like has that unenviable position of like kind of seemingly never getting to the level where he should have gotten. Yeah, and uh, that's a shame because Chris Candido is fucking awesome. What's the furthest he got? Uh, furthest he got? Did he make it to WWE? Uh, he was WWF before this. He was in the the Body Donners. Right. Uh, Don't know that. They they were tag team during New Generation. Would have mm. you know one tag straps stuff like that and was he still around for invasion and all that uh, no he would have been kind of drifted off the face of the earth into indies and stuff like yeah. that showed up in TNA in the early days and then you know he passed away 2004 2005 right. but he did get to go to WCW as part of that new blood faction and get oh, like yeah. a nice big money check he was one of the lads now who would have gotten the big signings yeah. when WCW was just throwing money away so he did get something yeah. out of it you know he got a moment in the sun Sonny handles Chris's introduction. Candido looks vascular. Very vascular, yeah. Fucking hell, this man. Bloody, bloody man. And it's really, really upsetting seeing Chris Candido here with his fucking, you know, probably being told by every company he went to, except ECW, that you're too short Mm. and that your style isn't good enough. This man is the definition of 10 years too early. Because Chris Candido, if someone looked like Chris Candido now, he would be one of the biggest stars in, in yeah. the company. He is like kind of all the stuff they want now in a nutshell. He is symbolizes that technical, athletic, indie yeah. style almost, you could say. Back and forth action, just wow, amazing, fast, snappy, seamless. Very fast. Reading each other's minds, uh, amazing. This is what happens when these two guys kind of go at it, I guess. Candido's wearing headgear to protect his uh, kayfabe broken oh, yeah, ear. Yeah. Lance de-headgears Chris, and then Joey Styles goes, he may lose his ear live on pay-per-view. And I can literally just imagine Heyman crouched over the microphone going, he may lose his ear live. <laughs> Say it, Joey. He's going to lose it on pay-per-view. You know? I thought he might lose his ear. I, I wasn't sure what to expect at this point. <laughs> Sonny interferes lots. Lance pursues her and then just stops because he's a nice guy. Running powerbomb by Chris Candido. Oh... I love this. Yeah. When like Candido like is not letting his size stop him, 
from doing power Still spots. Still doing big moves. Stalling suplex by Candido yeah. as well, where he gives the... I call it the Terminator 2-plex because he gives the thumbs up <laughs> and then they go down. I like that. I got very emotional. A little cry, a little tear went down my eye when he did that. Fucking love it. Again, great power. Incredible strength. From, from Chris Candido. A suplex to the outside and the first time we're really heavily reminded of the fact that there's no mats in ECW because mats are for pussies. Nah, mats are for safety, mate. Nah, mats are for safety, yeah. right. Right, you can do one of two things. Put down black mats like WWE and we'll all just pretend or put down red mats and we can pretend it's lava and it's really, <laughs> really dangerous if they land on it. Seeing him get suplexed over and land on the dirty, the dirty concrete... Yeah. Is not I nice. I don't enjoy that. I've seen ECW shows with lads landing on hardwood floors. Mm. No, please. There's, there's certain like really rough, sore things that we'll see in the night that are sort of like, oh Jesus, that was horrible, but fair play to him. That was fucking awesome. The whole getting thrown to the outside onto pure concrete. I or even like, like the fact that like... he does a plancha onto the concrete, like he dives out onto yeah. the concrete. That's fucking horrible. It's really That's just really not sensible. <laughs> Awesome spot when they both come in from the concrete where they both start like punching each other out basically. Like they're like hitting each other and like falling around. They're punch drunk. I love it. Springboard countered into a power sound by Chris Candido. This is the kind of shit which, you know, Randy Orton is being, you know, claimed to be like innovative yeah. for. And this is like 10 years beforehand. It's amazing. Good point. Sonny gives Chris a bag of what I can only assume is cocaine. Lance then throws it in his face. The ref is blinded. And then Sonny gropes and crotches Lance Storm. Yeah. And it got a little bit fucking Laurel and Hardy here for my, my taste. Yeah, it's a bit here. Uh, Chris rolls up Jim Molyneux because he's blinded. And Sonny's top then just goes. Yeah. And again, so naturally. He, he naturally, crowds just fucking go ballistic. They are like a fucking massive pack of shit dogs. Like just the crowd. Might be one of my least favourite things about ECW. Yeah, and anyone who attempts to fucking defend the ECW yeah. crowd, right? This sums it up perfectly here. Fucking top row powerbomb by Chris Candido. He calls it the blonde bombshell. Honestly, one of the best finishes I've ever seen. Incredible. What, in, seriously, the impact on that move. Like, we're in an era now when we're fucking watching NXT every week and Adrian Neville and Sami Zayn yeah. are fucking pushing the limits of what humans can seemingly do. So it's something that is, what, like 17 years old First now. Go, whoa! Yeah. You know, and that really still, whoa, amazing. But this is what sums up the fucking problem with the crowd, like you're pointing out. You get that top row powerbomb, that thing of beauty, and the crowd is mostly booing because Sonny gets covered up. Yeah. And I realise now that I think me and the crowd are into ECW for different reasons. <laughs> like, like, you know, we're not on the same page as someone else. I, I think so. You know when you just know you're not going to get on with 5,000 yeah. people, you know? That's <laughs> one of these moments. Chris Candido wins. Again, amazing match. I don't think... If you're a wrestling fan who's not watched, you know, ECW, mm. you know, this again is another match which I think will kind of, this will sum it up nicely for yeah. the highs and the lows. But fucking how the athleticism between these two men was a thing of beauty. Joey Styles acts confused as he pretends his headset actually works and he's getting breaking news from backstage. <laughs> he's got a little fucking sheriff badge on him, like, he got in pound shop, like, come on, Heyman, I know that's not real. We cut to the car park. As New Jack heights up the crowd who do the worst ECW chants ever. We in Dayton, Ohio right now. You know what I'm saying? And we get ready to take this pay-per-view to the extreme. I don't care. Jack Victory, you getting your ass whooped tonight. Yeah. You getting your ass torn. Yeah. 
Hey, we can get this going now. Get this going now. Huh? We ain't got to wait. We ain't got to wait. He's like, going, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to skin you alive. I'm going to eat your heart. ECW. ECW. Extremely Championship Wrestling, yeah. These are the fans that weren't passionate enough to actually go inside and watch. I'm not sure. Like these are the crowd. These are the guys who were just brought by their, you know, partners and friends. I guess by the looks of things. And I was liking this new Jack, obviously mainstay in ECW, just fucking cutting a promo to the camera in the car park. Yeah. New Jack gets jumped by Jack Victory, his opponent tonight. And they're fucking fighting each other. The crowd's all like... It's like the start of fucking uh, Beyond the Mass. <laughs> all, all these fucking... Like, New Jack's there cutting a promo to the to the camera expecting him to tell me that, like, oh, fuck WWE, fuck WWE, <laughs> fuck them all! And show me his mate's t-shirt that's got them all x out. ECW's the only one. And then the Dudley boys show up in a fucking car. I couldn't keep up it's with this. It's just crazy madness. No idea what's going on. It's like uh, too many set pieces in ECW, is there? Like, I mean, it's, it's like something from Uncharted. All this shit just happening yeah. non-stop. Up. Couldn't cope with this. Neither could New Jack. He didn't do the quick time event in time. He gets the <laughs> shit knocked out of him here. It's intense and it's real. I love it. You're queuing up to get into ECW. They know yeah. the fans are there hours before the show starts. And he has New Jack there. And there's the Dudley show up in the car. You know, and the fucking crowd loses their shit. They're queuing up. They, they know how to give the crowd what they want, don't they? That's so fucking smart. Every yeah. person there is going to tell every person they know. I went to the ECW show and shit was happening when we were queuing up. Yeah. I love that, that you get that Before fucking... we even got in there, before we even took our seats. So. And even when they're on national pay-per-view, Heyman knew that word of mouth is one of the strongest things. Yeah. And when we're talking about the mystique of ECW, shit like this is really what helped to kind of, you know, get together. It's intense, it's real, I love it. And like Jack Victory and Dudley's zip off as soon as they arrive. And New Jack's just laid out there dead and all the fucking face wrestlers who aren't booked tonight like Balls Mahoney come out to give him, you know, cover. <laughs> and then fucking Axel Rotten, big blonde mullet on him, overing a moat. It's like, come on, give me some help! Give me Jesus, give me a doctor on him! Give me a damn medic! Stephanie! <laughs> <laughs> He's acting like fucking bulldogs throwing a bin at him. Yeah, he like. takes it seriously, man. So seriously. I'm going to emote so much I'll get booked tonight. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> mate. Not gonna happen, mate. So, the decimating news on the back of this. New Jack versus Jack Victory tonight has been cancelled. Fine by me. Fine by me, <laughs> lads. Doesn't mean anything to me that much. Yeah, be grand. Backstage, hyping up their tag team contest for later on. It's the man who calls it right down the middle. One of my favorite managers ever. Bill Alfonso. He wave 98, baby. Shizaki, Hayabusa, Kimaki. I don't care what your name is, Japanese superstar. But you're going to be a big, bad loser. Zero. Pay-per-view. He wave 98. It's Mr. Monday Night. Daddy and Sabu, that's the superstar. You got to pay tonight, brother. Come on, Fonzie. I mean, we're here. Relax already. We're here because Mr. Monday Night brought us to the top, right? Like I said, I was going through Sabu. Already worth the money they spent on tonight's paper event. It's Rob Van Dam, everybody's favorite. And you too, Sabu. And they all want to see Rob Van Dam and you, my partner, Sabu, 
defend my world tag team belts. Hey, these belts are recognized worldwide, brother. The contenders tonight come all the way from Japan. We got the two top guys from Japan. Akushi! Bless you. They're gonna be losers! That's what we're gonna call you! From now on, you are losers! Japanese losers! We're the superstars, baby! And that makes me, of course, the winner. After tonight, Rob Van Dam's record's gonna be 6-0. and oh. Hey, come on, Sabu, relax. We all know who really won that last match. Hey, it was right down the middle, Daddy! It doesn't make you bad losing to Rob Van Dam. It just makes you like everybody else. Don't worry about it. And tonight, Hakushi! Thank you. And what's, what's the other guy? I don't know, but the Japanese losers! That's their name! They're gonna losers! Find out, they're gonna find out what I'm trying to teach you, Sabu, and what everybody else has already learned. Rob Van Dam is the whole fucking show. You know the Japanese losers? This little shit. <laughs> you Japanese losers! I don't even know what he's called, but you definitely... I think his name is... Shut up, I don't want to know his name! He's a Japanese loser! I fucking love Alfonso. The, there's a recurring thing that I noticed later on with a lot of the heels. In ECW, it seems to be that, like, you'll do such a bad job of being a heel. You'll be such a ham-fisted... <laughs> yeah. On the nose, motherfucker! Crooked, shut up, asshole! Fucking yeah. heel, to the point where it actually works. Like, and it starts off as being like, "Ugh, this guy doesn't know how to be a heel," and then by the end of it, I realise, no, he's actually probably one of the best heels there is because I'm really getting worked up by this. I, I swear to God, I think if my mother was in the ECW crowd, Bill Alfonso never would have gotten over. Just ignore him. <laughs> Just ignore him. You go away with your whistle and ignore him. He'll get tired eventually, and the crowd just give it to him. They yeah. boo him. He's there hyping up the match for, you know, we got some uh, Japanese losers apparently taking on the yeah. tie team champs. Rob Van Dam and Sabu, team smoke weed every day. <laughs> I like these guys. Uh, Rob Van Dam, one of my faves in this period. I will put a big asterisk beside that. Sabu, uh, one of my favorites of all mm. time. And someone who, even though, obviously, it's modern days, we know everything now, still manages to maintain a grain of that mystique. Yeah. Sabu's one of the few guys where I kind of go, what's really going on in there? <laughs> you know, and I like that. I, I, Sabu's should be the most well-paid, biggest star in wrestling, and he's not. Don't and... worry, mate, in a year's time, he'll have his own podcast on Podcast One, and then <laughs> you won't be able to enjoy him anymore either. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure this will stand to good reason. Everyone I've ever praised is going to go do a podcast and do a shit job. That, <laughs> it's inevitable, isn't it? But yeah, great team. Van Damme and Sabu, obviously great friends in real life, but the tag team here, where Van Damme is the more successful of the two, yeah. rubs it in his face. And obviously, he has the advantage of the fact that he actually talks. Yeah. So obviously Sabu is quite frustrated. Well, by the, the impression I got is that RVD is kind of like the uh, the cocky young sort of fun dude who's he's the Sabu. whole fucking show. Yeah, you know? I, whereas I Sabu that. means all business. Obviously, he just wants to go out and kill someone. Like it's really good combination. And you got a feel for Sabu there. Obviously, greatly irritated by his tag team partner, but bound by his precious kayfabe, so he's not allowed to speak <laughs> and tell him his displeasure. Van Damme's he's not being told anything. Otherwise, he's assuming he's grand he's with him. Grand. Coming up next. A match I did not think would be on this show. I forgot this completely. When these two squared off in 2005, I declared it the greatest match I'd ever seen and ever would see. I may have changed my opinion since, but here they are one more time. It's Tanaka and Mike Awesome. Fucking hell, these two. I absolutely love Mike Awesome. I absolutely love Masato Tanaka. 
this was the first time like in the night where as I saw what match was coming up I genuinely lost my shit because you, you, you showed, showed me yeah. the 2005 one night stand match they had and that blew me away like one of the most spectacular things I've ever seen in wrestling I would honestly say these guys aren't indicative this isn't indicative of ECW this I, is I indicative assume they, I assume this is rare yeah I guess as much this as is indicative of Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka yeah. they have this match around the world mm. you know this is kind of it's them it's 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 so hard hitting mm. it's so chair heavy that it can only be defined as being theirs it, even the fact that um, Joey Styles talks about how these guys are both stars in Japan like sort of kind of prepared me for the fact that this isn't typical ECW you, you do get the vibe straight away this is like a spectacle sort of oh you're not going to see anything yeah. like this normally feature you know? matches and Heyman was yeah. very good at bringing in guys from outside kind of going well fuck it look these two are doing big business in you know New Japan Pro Wrestling mm. or whatever. Let's bring them in for yeah, a weekend. Have them round. That's grand. And when you're kind of don't have to book shit in advance and you just kind of want to throw stuff out there and the fans are receptive to it, that's great. And that's mm. ECW had that environment. I love both of these men. I once saw Masato Tanaka wrestle. I saw wrestling in Japan. The reason I went to see that show was Amazing. because Tanaka was there. And this was like you know ten years after this fact, and Tanaka still looked like an absolute beast. Yeah. We saw him meet a dying child before the show and speak with him and bow, and then he put a man through an actual office table. <laughs> what a gentleman. An actual office table. You know those tables that never break on Botchamania? Stack them all up, all right? Because <laughs> Masato Tanaka is going to go through every fucking one of them, and he won't laugh, all right? It's serious. <laughs> Tanaka is a beast, though. He's the kind of... You know, you got everyone talks about fighting spirit in Japanese wrestling. Mm. You know, and I often find a lot of Japanese wrestlers have difficulty distinguishing themselves to the Western audience because if your thing is, I'm strong style and I never give up and I hit hard. You know, yes, I could say that about a lot of you know Japanese wrestlers though, mm. and that's a problem. Whereas Tanaka, I think, always just had that scary intensity to him. Yeah, he, he definitely has that. He's got that in spades. He's got that. He's just, there's something about him. that He has that look in his eyes. It's mm. it's the weird scar. It's maybe the fact that he looks so normal except for a few things. Yeah, just sort of like, what happened to What happened man? to his shoulder? Yeah. what led to this? Did he fight a dragon? Like, what, what <laughs> happened to you, Tanaka? Uh, I'll tell you what as well is that uh, another thing I love is that I really don't like Mike Awesome's look whatsoever. I think it's silly. Like, the sort of the black mullet. trunks and the mullet. Oh. Big massive dude with the mullet and black trunks. I think he looks ridiculous. That he's such an ass kicker just put me right in my place. Exactly. Like, you yeah. can dress how you want, mate. You do what you want with yourself. I don't care. You know, still awesome WCW the other day, uh, they made fun of the fact that he had the mullet and all that, and they kind of yeah. tied it into his kind of oh, you know, seventies guy. Oh yeah. yeah. What a freaky mullet. What a freaking mullet, you know. But here, they were kind of like, yeah, they went with that. It's kind of, yeah, he's got a mullet. He's lived in Japan for the last 20 years. You just don't know that mullets aren't a thing yeah. anymore. Are you going to fucking tell yeah, him? You, you go look, tell him he looks you stupid. You go tell that man who's killing Masato Tanaka that he looks <laughs> stupid. Stiff, sweary action. <sighs> Big fucking moves. Suicide dives. The agility from Mike Austin. This man yeah. is legit nearly seven foot and he dives like a cruiserweight. He springboards, folks. Yeah. Right? That's crazy it's stuff. It's insanity. Big, big German suplexes which make Masato Tanaka mad. When Tanaka gets hit and goes, yeah! I fucking love He's it. A grunty man. Tanaka with a running mega chair. He like... That running chair. Good God. I was going to say, it's quite easy to innovate with chairs when you've no regard for your opponent's well-being. Yeah. But fucking hell, they still innovate. They really tread the line here of me having a good time and not having a bad... Uh, not having a good time, just because like it gets really scary at points. Again, I mean, you know, you've got to 
take it as it is. Masala Flacco is still taking cherry shots like that to this day. Yeah. All right, no one's going to stop him. Right? No one's going to stop him. That's, I think that's the reason why I'm okay with, because they do some shots to the head in this that are downright disgusting. And in WWF, I would be genuinely appalled to the point of not enjoying the match. But I get the feeling that both of these guys, you can tell them what you want, they're going to carry on hitting each other in the yeah, chairs anyway. Exactly. Right. Now, again, ECW obviously is going to make you cringe with the chair shots to the head that are mm. unprotected. You know, they're guys who are getting concussions, you know. I have a funny feeling that most of them will probably make some sort of argument saying, you know, it was our decision and we knew how to take them, so fuck you. And, yeah. You know, there's like, because I know Raven is very adamant that he thinks chair shots to the head should still be allowed because if you put your hands up, you can you can take it, mm. and he's he's probably right that to if it's done well by someone who really knows what they're doing. Yeah. The problem is it takes two to tango, and I don't think enough you can count on enough guys. Not consistently, but you get a lot of it here. And in this match, depending on where you stand on you know how uneasy you are with concussions, you can either have an awesome time or this could be one of the worst experiences of your life. Yeah, because it's rattling. It's horrifying. If you want to fucking see someone to to kind of go, I'll show you fake. You'll probably end up, <laughs> yeah. you'll probably show him this one here. Hard shots to Awesome as well. You know, both guys are taking it. Shane Douglas then says that Mike Awesome likes to smash his opponents into punishment. <laughs> Makes a nice change from smashing them into obligatory, but there we go. And then we get some of Mike Awesome's signature moves. Awesome bomb. And then the awesome splash. When he was in WWF, he went into the seamstress once and he said... I want some new pants. And I want this side to say awesome. And this side over here to say awesome. <laughs> because no matter what angle you look from, Mike Awesome is awesome. Ah. Yeah, to, and then Edge and Chris were like, this side should say chump stain. And this side should say Rikasaurus Rex. <laughs> Just never going to get to tell that story anywhere else, folks. Forgive my <laughs> indulgence. But yeah, awesome with the branded offense there. He uses a chair, but Tanaka is a chair-type Pokemon, so it's not very effective. <laughs> it's a fucking scary spot here, where he gives him a running awesome bomb. Scary. It's so hard just to put into like the feeling I have throughout this match because I, I don't get me wrong. It's a seven-minute match as yeah, well. It's really short. Like I love this is like non-stop. I love every second of this, but it just made me feel so sick. The stuff they're doing to each other—it's frightening. Usually we give you the highlights, but I'll be quite honest, we're giving you the whole fucking thing yeah. here. You know, this blow is by blow. top rope chair shot. Then, mm. like he hits him full force with the added gravity falling on top of him there. He tries to do a running awesome bomb to a table outside, which gets reversed two times by Tanaka. Then Tanaka somehow manages to hoist up awesome yeah. and give him a running awesome bomb over the top rope to a table outside. Lands right on his fucking neck. It's like watching a dog suplex an elephant or something like that. It's just <laughs> fucking crazy. It looked insane. Tanaka's only bug. How can he do that? Yeah. I don't know. But then he kicks out. And yeah. this may be an issue with these matches is that they kind of kicked out of everything. Yeah, they do. We get that's worse later on in the night, I yeah. think. But I mean, we get the roaring elbow, for instance. That's Tanaka's finisher, yeah. and then we get a kick out of that. You know, I will say. I mean, I don't know. I don't know these guys well enough to you know sort of say, oh, he's kicked out of too many of his moves or whatever. But it did to me make them both look unstoppable. Like you know, I think it, this doesn't do them. This doesn't make them look bad. It makes other guys look. I bad. suppose you know the, yeah. the argument people are being saying. Well, then how come when I do a chair shot to fucking finish a match that it doesn't finish me off? Yeah, but to, you the know, impression I, left with me with is almost in ECW terms. Well, for ECW, sorry, 
these are both like Brock Lesnar's almost. Yeah. These are two massive trolls that just can't be taken down. Yeah, yeah. These guys would always have been considered a cut above. Like ECW is quite good at making it seem like an even playing field, but yeah. Heyman did have certain guys that were protected, and I think these two would definitely fall into that category. And that's something you don't get now. Like, I mean, people don't get me wrong. I'm the biggest fan of Brock Lesnar, but people always go about how it's great. You've got this one big sort of boss that can't be defeated. Yeah. yeah. But what if you had a second one and then they get to fight each other yeah. and you get something like this where it's anyone's game. Mate, that was Roman Reigns versus Lesnar wrestling. <laughs> Tanaka hits a swinging DDT onto a just a pile of chairs. Yeah. Just, when you know them, they're just stacked up in a pile that it's fucking real, lads. Yeah. You know? Tanaka wins. Amazing match. Wasn't really impressed with that being the last move, to be honest. Yeah, it's again, still great. Another but... problem when you have all this yeah. stuff going, well, that didn't finish it, but that did. Why? You've got to save the best one till the very, very, very end. Yeah, right? you can't just fucking be throwing, you know, loads of moves that seemingly are of equal value. Yeah. It has to be, you have to do something that'll finish it then. Yeah. Know? So, again, that's maybe probably that the... That said, the, this that match said. was breathtaking. Yeah. I probably I probably prefer their other encounter, the one night stand one, because it had that kind of added "we'll show you" kind of bonus to it because yeah. it was on WWE's time. But this was awesome. Tanaka and Awesome always kick ass. Always, always excellent stuff. Backstage, Taz with one Z has a big L moan. Yeah. Tonight's the night, Bam Bam. Tonight's the night. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it, brother. In a short while, you're gonna tap to the FTW World Heavyweight Champion, the only champion on pay-per-view that means anything in this business. Not Austin, not Goldberg, and especially that punk, Mike Tyson. Uh-uh, three letters, one man named Taz. And Bam Bam, you hold a victory over me. On pay-per-view, you pin me in the middle, no excuses. And I'm taking back that victory tonight, brother. Live on pay-per-view, heat wave, we're here. And you're gonna go down, big boy. And I know you're gonna kick my ass in the process. And that's the part I like the best. And then you're gonna ask yourself, brother, can I beat him again? Well, I'm gonna answer for you. You can't, you won't. Because I am Taz, the FTW World Heavyweight Champion. Beat me if you can, Bigelow. Survive. I let you. Compared to the Taz of WWF, who you are familiar with right now, this must have seemed fucking weird for you. This is much better, though. Yeah, you prefer this then. But what were your thoughts on 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 Taz? Like the the sort of little things, like the fact that he's fucking three inches away from the camera lens. He's right up there. He's like, you know, talking like this to you. Like, did really I do that intense. on Vine once? It wasn't Vine. It was a voicemail you left me. I think. <laughs> Um, no, it wasn't a voicemail, sorry, you phoned me. Kevin phoned me from, you were at a Comic-Con or something yeah, somewhere yeah. in England, and you were coming back on the 13th, you phoned me up to tell me this, you said, Adam, see you on the 13th, I'm going to choke you out, and then <laughs> he hung up and took the battery out of his phone so that I couldn't phone him back. <laughs> I didn't get the reference at the time, I was just really upset. I'm going to choke you out! See you on the 13th! See you on the 13th! Well, I did see you on the 13th, though, didn't I? No, you that did. You remember you would. I remember it. I remember uh, no, really, really like this uh, This side of Taz. Um, what did you think of Taz, like, running down Austin, Goldberg, even Fine by me. Go for it, you know? I like that. ECW, there's no rules, like, about what you're going to say and what you aren't going to say. If you want to run down everyone else's talents and make yourself look good, fucking do it. You I like it. Over. I look like it as well, because it's, it's, it's easy to fucking sit there and take pop shots at WCW. Yeah. Very easy. In 1998... But in 1998, 
Summer 1998, Highway to Hell, Austin, to fucking call him out and say, I'm more of a star than you are. You're a fucking fake champion or whatever. Man, I I like that. Yeah. I I like that a lot. It's obviously not true, but who cares? The balls of making a statement like that, that's fine. I think that's brilliant. I know the fact now that Austin and Taz are cool with that, you know, be that as it may. They they each have their own podcasts. You know, (laughs) these don't podcast, be as it may, things were what they were. And as Leon, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, it is what it is, and as you know, Leon White once told him, always let always cooler let head prevail. Cool. But just picking up on that Taz point, though, you know, um, for for Steve Austin, you know, they did bring him in, you know, as the ringmaster, and they had no plans for him. And then he came up with an idea called Stone Cold Steve Austin. That was what it was, you know. Then he went and he did what he did. You know, it was a, it was a run. It was a good run. He made the money that he made, the impact that he made. But my question Look, for you was, Adam, what the process? What's the process of that? Look, Steve likes to run what he calls a fishbone. <laughs> what do you want to just do a stone cold punch? See how long we can keep doing it. Like, you know, I've been invited on a few. I'll be honest, folks, those of you at home, a lot of people have invited me to on, be on their podcasts and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, to chat, like, you know, the weekend wrestling, all that. All for doing it. Just be warned, I might start doing Steve Austin until you pick up on it. Well, you don't know what shit or one you want. I don't know. I, I, might, I might defer to Crystal on that one, you know, or, or Hershey the Wonder Dog. <laughs> He's the FTW champ here, Taz. Yeah, for the win. For the win. Yeah. It's a bit of a shame that FTW was taken away from Taz. Yeah, it's not his anymore. It's, it's not misappropriated. the fuck the world. I, you know what bothers me is that they've, they've been swearing like nuns all night. Non-stop swearing. And they kept calling this the F the World Championship. Yeah. Just say it. Fuck the They say yeah. it earlier. Yeah, but Joey Styles like just keeps calling it the F the World Championship. I think Joey Styles he like you know it's only the wrestlers swore. I don't think it's a Joey thing. Oh no, I think I think he swears when the Dudleys rile him up. Yeah. yeah, I suppose that's true. He is a Look at the Dudley boys. What a big bunch of fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Look at that fucking powerbomb. <laughs> Back at ringside, Shane is upset at Taz. Obviously, Taz, he's embroiled in the feud with Bam Bam Bigelow, yeah. which is real to the triple threat, which is Douglas's group. Douglas's arm is broken at the moment because of Taz, and he has a fucking hissy fit. I love Douglas when he gets pissed off like yeah. that. So one thing that Douglas would do that Triple H wouldn't do was he would show how annoyed and angry and how, how much things got to him, and he would just freak out he starts stabbing the belt with that's, pen that's great heel work like being the guy that's got such a short temper that just a promo from Tazzler he's like hey, that, 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 that's my he's belt it's my shit. stop fucking ruining the belt it's not yours forever what if Taz has that and he's all pen on it you know <laughs> Joey expresses extreme displeasure at yeah, having to show us I've this. been told I've got a pro I, I don't want to show, I told them I don't want to show this but just be aware this is not on my business I don't want to show it if it looked to me promo. these fucking Dudley boys wouldn't get any promo time so yes here we go Joel Gertner and the Dudley boys well 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 tonight at Heatwave 98 everybody seems to be thinking that this is the end for the Dudley boys however If that's what they feel, then nobody seems to be thinking. Because the way I see it, the odds are stacked in the favor of the Dudley boys. After all, New Jack, I guess he's got a prior engagement. I don't think he'll be here. And Beulah, I don't think she's going to be walking around anywhere near the Dudley boys. The way I see it, once the Dudleyville street fight begins, there's nobody left to save the Sandman, Spike Dudley, and poor, pathetic 
Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer! The savior of the wrestling industry! Crucified for the sins of Beulah McGillicuddy! Dreamer, you can give your soul to Jesus! But your ass belongs to the Dudleys! That ring is our church! These are our colors! 3D is our cross! And tonight, Tommy Dreamer, it's your cross to Hooray, Devon, Big Dick, sign guys there as well. They've broken Beulah's neck and they're just basically having an old chat about that. And this promo, this entire promo, is our grunt of the night. Because throughout the entire thing, some fucker is just snoring. You yeah, know, it's like, Big Dick. It's a Big Dick. Big Dick. Like... Yeah. Big Dick is the gruntiest motherfucker known to man. I think you've literally hit your asymptote, your point of no return. The apex now, yeah. I think if Big Dick could wrestle himself, or or maybe <laughs> Mick Foley in a boiler room, that's a grunty oh, man. Kevin, stop! You're doing things to me. <laughs> Bubba Ray is very, very shouty, and he just wants Tom Dreamer to know. Uh, Tom Dreamer is going to be crucified tonight. He's yeah. going to crucify him on the cross. I did get worried that this was the famous incident oh, yeah. that turned Kurt Angle off. And I was like, oh shit, is that this pay-per-view? But yeah, no, they, even though they kind of they got slapped on the wrist because of you know doing a crucifixion, they like to allude to crucifixion. This is still. post-Sandman crucifixion. Oh yeah, yeah. this is a good okay. bit post-Sandman crucifixion. Right. But yeah, what do you think of them here compared to what you're used to in WWF? I think Bubba was missing like a stutter or he needed a little extra <laughs> He just need a little salt and pepper there. Like. Nah, they're, they're fucking awesome. Like, I mean... They're evil. Or sometimes almost to the point of nonsense where I can actually just genuinely can't hear what they're saying because yeah. they're so shouty. But just the whole way they're presented, like not even down to just their promo skills, but the way they're shown to you and the way they are in the room with all these guys surrounding them. Like, There's a lot of them. You get this immediate hatred like oh fuck these guys like and again they? you know people always complain you know kind of like oh if it's a smart crowd smart a smart organization whatever that no one's going to boo the heels but i think with alfonso and definitely as well with the dudley boys you hit mm. the nail on the head here in terms of them just being i'm not going to say to the point of parody because i don't think they're ludicrous not to the point of parody i was more saying to the point of like ham-fistedness yeah, yeah. Al it's almost clumsy how English they are. Like, yeah yeah like, there's no way you're going to misinterpret. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no shades of grey about it. Like, no one's going to think you're cool for cheering Bubba Ray Dudley. No, you're an asshole. Because he's a fucking asshole <laughs> if you cheer Bubba Ray Dudley, like, yeah. you know? It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of, again, ties into that philosophy we were talking about earlier of, like, if you're going to do it, go all in, like, you know. And it, it's kind of funny as well because people were complaining, like, when they went to WWF, oh, they neutered them, they couldn't do their big promos and all that. They didn't fucking need to. Yeah. They got twice as much heat with a WWF crowd saying that, I'm going to put someone through a table, JR, then they didn't need... They didn't the, this. the WWF crowd wasn't, like, as desensitised as no, ECW was. They didn't. They or, honestly but... didn't need nah. to fucking rile up everyone to this extent. If they had gone to WWF and done the sort of, like, just being in this fucking city, like... You people make me fucking sick! Like, I don't think there would have been a riot. I think people would have just left. <laughs> in the face, like, like, I don't like wrestling anymore. Well... I'm going home. <laughs> I'll show you. you know? 
So yeah, Dudley boys, they're in a Dudleyville street fight later on tonight, yeah. which is Sandman, Tommy Dreamer, and Spike Dudley, all who've got massive issues with the Dudleys, taking on Big Dick, Bubba, and Devon. Jazzed up for that one. Coming up next, it is the match which this was one of the most highest rated matches that ECW had, like ever. And this was one that Meltzer and the, the sheets and whatnot went fucking ballistic for. It was considered to be like a standout match of 1998 as mm. a whole. Rob Van Dam and Sabu taking on Jinzei Sinsaki and Hayabusa. I got confused because Hayabusa and his tag team partner is Jinzei Sinsaki. Jinzei Sinsaki used to be known as Hakushi and Hakushi and Hayabusa oh, God. Are, are obviously very similarly spelled words yeah. in badly written notes. So forgive me on that front. ECW tag team titles on the line. One thing which we did miss from this, all right, I'm very upset, but the fact that Rob Van Dam was coming out to dubbed over music. Yeah. Rob Van Dam's entrance music in ECW was legendary. It was Walk by Pantera. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And he would walk, he would literally take his fucking time. It would loop over and over and it just suit Van Dam. Yeah, perfectly th this ain't that for sure no it's not like you know he's one of the gang unfortunately folks in this instance <laughs> but uh yeah and sally isn't got his you know da -da -da -da, smoke da -da -da, weed da -da -da, day da -da -da, <laughs> smoke weed every day <laughs> no way punk <laughs> fucking love this jinsei's tattoos are amazing yeah, they are immaculate. They're the cleanest tattoos I've ever seen. Uh, he, look, he looks amazing. Again, yeah. this is the kind of thing which, you know, he's in creative wrestlers for life. Just a unique look. You want to talk about Mystique? This guy's seriously got Yeah, it. definitely. And Scary. obviously, Asakushi and WWF never got close to what he should have gotten. You know, uh, Bret Hart wrote in his book that he thought he was one of the greatest wrestlers he ever was in the ring with. Mm. And his partner as well, Hayabusa, Looks fucking awesome. Looks like evil, you know, bizarro world Sabu. Yeah, he's kind of a Mortal Kombat kind of vibe going on to him a little yeah. bit. Again, Very cool. love these guys. Heyman was smart as well, you know. He didn't just take a fucking... You know, look at what Heyman did with the wrestlers he took in from Japan compared to what WWE did. Mm. WWE took in a glut of incredibly talented wrestlers at this time. Talking about Kai and Tai. You know, Dick Togo. He's yeah. fucking, you know. There's some fucking amazing guys there. And what did they do? They stuck them together in a comedy borderline racist stable and just threw him out there Don't whereas seriously like. Heyman is here is like kind of right these guys have got fucking characters mm -hmm. let's let them show like what they're all about and he featured them in high profile matches and made it seem like it was a big deal that they were over here yeah. we should be Hi Hayabusa and Hakushi are coming to ECW Holy we should shit, we man. should be so lucky like and that's fucking nice People always, you know, run down ECW fans, you know, rightly so for being mean a lot of the time. Mm. But fucking hell, if they, they could appreciate you if you were a star. Yeah. And that was cool. That's why Jericho got it's... over and Guerrero and Malenko and all those and Mysterio as well. Because ECW fans would give you that much. And also because they're positioned seriously. Like, yeah. Their nationality isn't a novelty like it would be in WWF, you know? It's they're... actually like, it's kind of like, you know, actually in Japan, wrestling is probably a much fucking more put together deal than it is here folks yeah. you know and rather than just getting some sort of oh it's a novelty act from Japan they're crazy <laughs> you get the sort of like you know because at this point in time you know before internet or anything you, you wouldn't know much about Japanese wrestling it would what be a mysterious yeah. other realm of wrestling and basically. it adds into that mystique and again. these two fucking warriors just come from there and 
Oh god, they look so awesome. Kevin. And the commentators are putting them over like Van Dam and Sabu have always been running roughshod over the tag division, but they're like they're pretty fucked here, lads. But you know, I, I think it's um, the French fries that literally says, "I wouldn't be surprised if RVD and Sabu lose." Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is predetermined, folks, and uh, I've had a look at the old scripty boo here. Nice rolly action by Rob Van Dam very early on. Fucking Bill Alfonso. Well, well, no, no, you've, you've skipped past all the fucking faffing around that we have at the start of this. Oh, match. sorry, excuse like, me. We, we get like five minutes of RVD and Sabu doing the big miming sort of like, no, I'm going to start first. No, I'm going to. No, I'm going to start first. No, I, okay, fine, you can start first. Then RVD gets in the ring and he's like, all right, I'm going to start now. <laughs> RVD. No, point. Point no, to the sky. St- still not ready, mate. I'm RVD. Okay, let's go. <laughs> takes fucking forever. You know, it's times like this you realise why they invented talking in the first place. It's dreadfully convenient for kind of... <laughs> all you can do is point up to the sky. You can't make your fucking feelings be known. Or I'm going to start first. Yeah, I know. There's the sky. Thanks, Sabu. Um, I'm going to go first. Oh, yes, the sky. I know. What is it about the sky? Is it falling? Tell me. RVD's just as bad, though, because his count is running all the like, But I'm RVD. We're well aware of who you are, Mr. Van Damme, Mike. <laughs> But yeah, nice rolly action early on from Van Damme. Bill Alfonso with that whistle. Non-stop. He can fuck right off, mate. He can fuck off. Little child. He he thinks he's Titus O'Neil. Like, <laughs> hasn't got what it takes. <laughs> Daddy. That's me doing Bill Alfonso doing a dog park. Fucking hell. <laughs> Fucking amazing. Does my head in. High boost of cheap shots, Sabu in the corner, and Sabu gets redly upset. Mm. Hakushi does his rope walk as well. Old school! Oh, man. <laughs> this, he, the Undertaker can only dream of doing two this. Two ropes. Amazing. And doing the praying thing as well. Yeah. Really just, wow. A serious video game move. That's unreal. Amazing. Really, really great stuff. Nice to see these lads in the ring. Oh, sorry, nice to see Van Damme and Sabu in the ring. With lads who they can keep up with. Yeah, just wrestling as well. They're not even doing like chair shots or anything yet. They're just wrestling. Honestly, I mean, Sabu botches a lot, folks. And a lot of it is that is that he just works at, you know, he's fast, he's quick, he's jumping off things, and, mm. you know, people can't anticipate and he fucks it up and timing. the timing is off. Yeah. But when you've got guys and everyone is kind of, everyone's that type. Yeah. You know, no one's out of place. No one has to change their speeds. Everyone can just hit the ground running. And it and, clicks. And as a result of this, you get to see something from Sabu and Rob Van Damme, which you don't usually get to see, which is the fact that these ads can actually wrestle. Yeah, you know, wrestling. They're more than just high spots, you know, and it's great you do get to see some of that here. Arabia pressed by Sabu, who grinds Hayabusa in the corner. We get amazing double-team offense from these two guys. Backflip by Orb Van Damme. He flips all the way back and then does a front-facing dropkick to Hayabusa, who's in Sabu's camel clutch. Yeah, that looks so cool. Amazing stuff. Very spectacular offense, though, from the Japanese losers, though. I mean, absolutely incredible, the stuff they're doing. They really start kicking it into high gear, start flying off the top ropes. They build up to it nicely, but we get, you know, nice topes, nice planches to the outside as well. Hayabusa is a serious, like, NXT superstar, yeah, isn't he? Like, he would fit in so well definitely. on the NXT roster yeah. nowadays. Rob Van Dam hits a corkscrew guillotine leg drop to the outside. Fucking beautiful move. I love it. Mm. These guys managed to brawl beside the crowd without brawling in the crowd. And as a result, I think we're a lot happier. I yeah, think from so that, you know. Tandem topes by Hayabusa and Jinsei Sinsake. Absolutely fucking amazing stuff. And not before we get. It's incredible. Van Dam puts one of the guys in a Mexican surfboard stretch. 
And then Sabu does a diving chair shot onto that. That was sick. Amazing. Absolutely phenomenal. Like, seriously. S- stuff that I've never seen. Like, this, again, we said 17 years old, and I've never seen that done elsewhere. And not since, if I'm honest. No, that's ridiculous. Because there's one thing which you're not going to see that. There's no one who's got that combination of hardcore, you know, using the weapons and whatnot. That hardcore style matched with that intense, strong style, fast-paced, you know, Japanese wrestling. And athleticism. So you're going to see shit like this that you're not going to see elsewhere. Because, you know, in New Japan, they're not jumping off the top rope with chairs. Yeah. Right? You know, in NXT, they're not doing that. And in CZW, they're most certainly not fucking, you know, doing stuff of that caliber either. Yeah. So it's nice to see that this is... ECW does have something special about it. I think it's, it's, the, it's eclectic. It's, it's a, the meeting of those two things. It's a genuine mixing pot of styles, isn't Definitely. it? Definitely. And that's yeah. one thing that, to this day, 17 years later, for you to watch that show and go, wow, that's yeah. that's that's a very positive sign for us. So that boo, of course, does at one point when Fonzie throws him a chair, drop it, and everyone boos. Uh. But he responds... By pointing to the sky. <laughs> Can I tell a quick Sabu story? It doesn't really fit in Go anywhere. Ahead. I talk about how much I love Sabu. Very, very briefly, I dipped my toe into the world of Irish independent professional wrestling. Because mm-hmm. I did a thing with a band and I was a re- wrestling villain for, for a brief moment in time. <laughs> then I had to choose between doing my final exams or doing a wrestling show. I did my final exams. I know, I sold out. I'm Seth Rollins. <laughs> but one of the guys, I found out that he'd wrestled all these interesting people. And I started asking him all these questions about this, that, and the other. Have you wrestled this guy? Have you wrestled this guy? He wrestled Sabu. And he wrestled Rob Van Dam. And I was really, really, really impressed. I was like, wow, tell me everything about Sabu. Sabu, I'm exposing the business, folks. Turn off now. Sabu, for a long time, did all of his work through his wife, who was his manager. To the point that if it was someone who he didn't know and hadn't worked with before, he would send his wife to do the spots for him. Whoa. Sabu's going to do this. Do you not think you... And she was giving him advice saying, hey, you know, you should, you know, rattle the chair when you riff it up to make people know that you've got, you know... That's amazing. Because you didn't use weapons much before. It's like, wow, that's fucking incredible. Best Sabu part story, though, is the fact that Sabu, on these indie shows, where it's a little bit greasier, would carry a railroad spike in his boot at all times. Keep the old railroad spike in there. And why does he have a railroad spike, you might ask? Just in case things go awry. Jesus. And that could be anything from promoters running away with money yeah. to things not going out how they how they appear. But, but during a match on one of these tours, oh, no. Van Damme and Sabu faced off against each other. During this match, Van Damme allegedly lost a contact lens and had to spend a few moments in the match trying to find his contact lens to the mm. point where a few guys and referees actually had to come out and start looking around the ring. Oh. Sabu didn't like what was going on. Oh. And literally, just the idea of five or six people, one of them being Rob Van Dam, trying to find a fucking the, contact lens. An innocent act to look And for a fucking Sabu's in the corner with his hand on a railroad spike <laughs> in his boot kind of going, shit's gonna go down at any fucking second so Jesus. there's your Sabu story folks I see what you mean him. about him still having his mystique <laughs> most definitely yeah. in fucking spades my man definitely the pace is unbelievable here and Rob Van Dam's kicks are el stiffo as oh, yeah. I would say very stiff top rope hurricanrana by Sabu followed by a splash by RVD but a kick out and then we just start going all four men in the ring quick succession amazing spots Jinzei Sensaki Hakushi hits the Pele kick 
He just dives backwards, a backflip yeah, kick. Yeah, I love that kick. Ahead of its time. A power bomb followed by the Stardust Splash, also known as the 450 to Rob Van Dam. You say as well, there is a near fall after almost all of these Oh moves. yeah, it's, it's non-stop the near falls. The false finishes give me heart attacks in this match. And you can generally not tell because you don't know these guys' offense. Like, what's exactly. going to put them away? That's my favorite thing when you don't know someone's finisher and any move could end it because it gets so much more tense that way. Definitely. So yeah, that uh, 450 splash though by Hayabusa fucking enormous amazing absolutely amazing double team by team 420 and more kickouts Haibushi hits a knockout punch and brings a table into the ring and uh, yeah here we go this starts getting to this ending sequence here a Van Daminator from corner to corner mm. so Haibushi's in the top right hand corner of the ring Van Dam's in the bottom right hand corner chairs held up by Fonzie Van Dam dives across and kicks him in the face that is fucking incredible. Ridiculous. Even by Van Damme standards, that's impressive, okay? To, to have reached, like, not only to have reached the other side of the ring, but to still be high enough up that you can kick him in the face as well. Yeah. Amazing. Bravo, seriously. Again, you know, it wouldn't be a Sabu and Rob Van Damme matches if we didn't have a few moments of the wheels falling off the cart. In this case, the legs falling off the table oh, as guys yeah. get set up and the table just kind of slumps down. Yeah. And there is kind of a fuck it type moment and it does get spoiled a little bit. You know, you're, you're lying to yourself if you said that the atmosphere isn't hurt by it. Of course it is. But they do... Cringeworthy. It's cringeworthy, you know. Yeah. And, but they do bring it back towards in the end here, which is... Van Damme and Sabu putting both men on a table. They both go to the top. And the timing is amazing. They Perfect. both explode through that table. Yeah. Van Damme and Sabu win. Sabu literally steals the pin from RVD. Yeah. Uh, I love that. If it wasn't for those few botches, I would have said this is like one of my all-time favourite matches. But I think, for me, it does kind of... I wish this was kind of like a, and then they had this match and it was perfect and fuck everyone who says Van Damme and Sabu fuck up, but they do fuck up and it mm. does really, it's at really awful moments where it's yeah. like a big, uh, hit you on the brakes. There's, yeah, there's a couple of, I mean, I, I was quite surprised when you told me at the start of this because I really enjoyed that match, but I was quite surprised when you said that this is regarded as one of the best, best ever. Yeah, for, yeah, no, this is like considered, one of the reasons why this pay-per-view is considered to be yeah. the peak ECW is people like, oh, Hayabusa and, and Hakushi against Van Damme and, and or v, so Van Damme and Sabu. I mean, it's still incredible, don't get me wrong, incredible match, but I think the little niggles in it did like bother me a little bit too much. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, there's a few problems. Like, Strange, yeah. Little things like there was... It was either Sabu or RVD had a camel clutch in at one point, and it was honest to god the worst camel clutch yeah, I've yeah, ever seen yeah. in my life. Like, Again, there's just a little, there's a little bit of roughness I think that yeah. kind of shines through when you're bringing in these outside guys, and I yeah. think they exposed it just a tad there. That being said, that being said, still, yeah, match. I don't want to emphasize that too much because that was incredible. Recap of that one time Taz sent Bam Bam Bigelow through the ring. The two that went through there, this is something ECW did that WWF did loads at 98-99, the year that WWF decided after seeing that ECW to start putting people through rings. Yeah. Big Show, Undertaker, Kane. Always the big guys. Yeah. yeah. They had to cut back because of all the money they were making and make thinner rings so people put <laughs> them through. But it all was because of this. This was the spot. Bigelow with Taz on his back going through the ring. The biggest, what? oh my God, what? This is the first time that had ever happened in wrestling. Yeah, this then, was yeah. like the, the kind of this was the through the ring moment, and it, yeah. you can think about it, you know, only reading reports, hearing you know hearsay. He did he, what? He did what? Bam yeah. bam! Because you know, everyone knows Bam Bam Bigelow. He what? You know, yeah. it, it, that's again the mystique played up to it here. What do you think of Heyman doing the kind of imagining him now as he were in his mom's basement with the you yeah, know in front of Sunday him. night, June sixteenth. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> him doing this. Uh, I, I I really like it in the sense that. 
I like the sort of low budget. They're just showing videos. Heyman's just explaining it to you. But there is far too much exposition. For oh, I know. I was just going to say. Fucking 10 minutes of Heyman telling you what's going on. Fucking Paul Heyman is like the worst person in an improv troupe ever. <laughs> but th- he, if you go back to this promo, folks, and take every time he says the phrase, but then. Or although. But when Rob Van Dam. But when Sabu. But when the Sandman. But when Raven fight. But when Shane Douglas. But when the triple threat. But when Bam Bam. But, 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 but. It's too long. It just goes on. There's a reason why the WWF have these really tight little snippy packages where they just cut out, you know, just the important bits. And but when out. Steve Austin became CEO. <laughs> but when then he stopped but, being CEO. So that's the thing. Like, imagine if at SummerSlam, Austin versus Undertaker, before that you had Vince, Vince for 15 <laughs> minutes just explaining to you. But when we didn't know what side he was on, he tried to embalm him. God damn it. <laughs> but when Paul Bear fell in a sewer. <laughs> Bam Bam Bigelow, what do yes. you think of the man? What do I think of the man? Uh, well, before this match, my knowledge of the man was he's big, tattoos all over his head, and I got called Bam Bam Bigelow a lot at primary school and high school, yeah. you know. That's pretty much genuinely the long and short of it. I'm, I'm a Don't big know fan. Much about Bam Bam at all. Big fan of Bam Bam Bigelow. Been in like every company. Been around the world. Had you know success here and there. Bam Bam was someone who I took a long time to take seriously because from a young age my brother christened him to be Space Clown. Space Clown. Space Clown. Because he looks, he looks ridiculous. <laughs> no, he, I will, will not argue with that. He does. Look he, so. he looks a bit like the final boss at the end of Wario Land Three, like you know, <laughs> a, a legit Space Clown, like you know. Uh, but Bam Bam, you could have summed this one up easily with, with Paul Heyman. Taz was put through the ring by Bam Bam Bigelow. Also, he wants Shane Douglas's belt, but he's injured. So here's Bam Bam Bigelow versus Taz. That's it. That's all. But when Bam Bam, (laughs) (laughs) like I, I get the feeling that this is entirely because Paul is so proud of his storylines and his work that he wants to recap the like every little minutia of the story. It's a little thing as well. Yeah, you're you're right about that because it's the thing where they're kind of. Any network special or anything where they talk about ECW, like, oh, we didn't even have stories. But you did, though, didn't you? Yeah. You really did. The past 15 minutes of exposition will tell you. Yeah, actually, nearly every single match we have had, right, the story's not been forefront, but if you're telling me you just threw guys, I mean, no, no, I mean. Pretty much all of them. Everyone had a story here, okay? And ECW had a lot more story than I think they were letting on, Mm. okay? Maybe it's because they didn't have the production values and the promo packages to actually show you that on mm. pay-per-views and events, but they did have stories. What was ECW's week-to-week TV show like in terms of, was there many promos in-ring and segments like They would that, do or? some in-ring promos, they would do in-ring matches, and then they would do these like Pulp Fiction, that's what they would call it, you play Miserloo, you know the song? Yeah. And you would just play that and like loads of back-to-back, you know, mom's basement, ECW backdrop right. kind of turn around going. And yeah. And that's where you would see all that. It was ECW Hardcore TV. So there was still time for like storyline development. Oh yeah, stuff yeah, on TV, no, there was. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not saying how dare you try and hide the fact that you had stories because they're shit. You know, your mm. stories were pretty fucking amazing. You've mm. got amazing characters in here. They're not always as ungainly as this, as Heyman trying to explain. So it's just dawned on me. They're saying how, how can you? possibly claim that ECW didn't have stories when you had the whole fucking thing of Raven kidnapping Sandman's son. Yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> like, no, that's not something that they just made up on the fly in a match. I know, it's just... I, that's I, a storyline. It's definitely, and like, Heyman isn't... We, we know Heyman's a fucking creative genius, but yeah. it's the the that kind of 
idea that's just been thrown out there recently that kind of oh ECW they just fucking you know drew names from a hat and then they had a three hour pay-per-view mm. yes they had unannounced matches but there was still stories yeah. you know yeah but that just needs to be, be stated I think so here it is the rematch of all rematches Taz taking on the man who put him through a ring in Asbury Park New Jersey it's Bam Bam Bigelow or B-Cube as I'm also calling him <laughs> Triple B <laughs> Time to play the game with weird tattoos on your head. Big bill for Taz's entrance. Like, he's like, it starts off, you'll survive if I let you turn yeah. in. And it's all like slow, low camera coming up. You know, they're kind of like, Taz is the coolest motherfucker. Ever. You know, they're talking about how awesome he is. I really expect him to come out and be like, I'm blind, <laughs> You know, I want that Taz to take on oh, Bam Bam. I keep forgetting that's the same man. I want Taz in a cowboy hat and a blind cane doing fucking senton splashes. I want that lad coming out here, you know? Sadly not. Joey Styles, as Taz is coming out, saying, This is a shoot. Taz is the most miserable son of a bitch I have ever met. He's on top of this card, on top of this company, and he's still a miserable son of a bitch. I would normally like be opposed to using the term shoot like that, but in this instance, I thought that was really funny. No, it is. It's very much so. And it's very true as well. Yeah. Taz was... Taz was a bit of a Marty bum at the time, wasn't he? Absolute. A big... He had a big face on him. What a bugger. <laughs> a big face on him. Death match to an absolute finish. Mm. Supposed to the other matches, which were to in absolute finishes. No, they were just to regular, just whenever you feel like stopping, just stop. Like, I guess so. Whereas this one, there will be a finish. I was wondering if it was anything to do with like absolute values and mathematics or anything like that, but I was reading into it too much, I think. I'm just saying, when they're going on here, right, literally, the second the bell, the bell starts, Joey Styles like, oh yeah, it's a death match to an absolute finish now. Pinfalls count anywhere, I guess. Like, he's literally just told. Yeah. If this was Jim Ross circa 2000, he'd be fucking incensed. He'd be so pissed. Oh, the goddamn commissioner? He's in Vince McMahon's pocket? Since when? Since when was this a no disqualification? Who the hell made this an ODQ match? <laughs> Who the hell is shouting at Howard Finkel for announcing the rules? Like, you son of a bitch. Take it back. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, immediately starting this match, we just get a power bomb, bam, yeah. splat straight away. And immediately, I sadly realise what might be the biggest problem I think for me with ECW and the fucking quality of these matches is when we got into this match straight away. I was feeling fucking blown out at this point. Yeah, like, you realise now the importance of having the buffer Pacing. matches. Yeah. yeah, slow it down again for a little bit. Because we've had non-stop action all night long. Yeah, yeah. There's not been... You think about it, there's not been a there's single been, match where no. it's been down. Like, it's been always up. Like, yeah. And at this point, I was, like, really, like... Whew, okay. No, it's, it's a big it's a big dinner. It's, yeah, it's and then, you, like, then you have 15 minutes of Paul Heyman shouting before this as well. Like, yeah, I'm, you're, I'm fucking exhausted. You're lull, fucking, you're the bit of lull. The closest thing you had to a break in this one is fucking the Dudley boys appearing in a car and beating the shit out of New Jack and driving away at yeah. 100 miles an hour. So, yeah. No, definitely... The pacing of these shows. Yeah, it's too much, I think. And again, I think that comes down to the rowdy sort of bloodthirsty nature of the crowd. Like, I, I get the feeling the ECW crowd never tires, ever. No, but I think maybe... But for me, who's been conditioned on modern-day wrestling in particular, this was exhausting. Yeah, we do like to go to the toilet at some point. You know, yeah. I mean, just, just so you know. 
Taz doing judo flips on Bam Bam Bigelow. I love seeing small guys toss around big guys yeah. using their weight against them. It's very awesome. Taz doesn't get credit for his strength, and he shows it a lot in this match, lifting up the heavier Bigelow. Bigelow's a big, big man. Jim Ross, none of the lads were ever calling Taz strong. Yeah. And I'm starting to think if that, considering how freakishly strong That's the man true, was, yeah. I'm wondering if that was a thing. But, I mean... Because he, he, he fucking is. He's got them big, massive legs that can just pop. Like, you I know. mean, he, he fireman carries Bigelow, like deadlifts. Mm. Him. That's that's impressive. That's ridiculous. Very, very impressive. They brawl on the ramp and then Taz kicks him in the face, to which Joey Style goes, A lot of people call that a mafia kick, a Yakuza kick. Taz calls it the Brooklyn boot. He kicked a man in the head, the old mafia kick for seriously. What what is that? Brooklyn Bro- boot. The Brooklyn boot. Like. Yeah. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Cross body off the ramp by Taz is blocked and absorbed by Bam Bam Bigelow. And then we get a crowd brawl. Feelings have been made clear on a crowd brawl before. Yeah. All right. 98 was bad for it. Rock and Triple H were big offenders with their crowd brawling nonstop. Austin as well. But there's a difference between WWF crowd brawling and ECW crowd brawling. WWF have got a couple of cameras and have got lighting. Yeah. Should they need it. And props. You know. And have usually planned to go somewhere and do something. This crowd brawl. I, I can't see fucking it's shit. even more to the detriment of the show than normal. Yeah. Alright, see, this is my biggest bugbear with wrestling. I've been watching wrestling for fucking... Jesus, how long have I been watching wrestling for now? Let me think. I've been watching wrestling for like 17 years now. Mm. That's a long-ass time. Yeah. Right, and I still don't get the appeal of crowd brawling. Alright, if you're like me at home and you're genuinely confused as to why, like, wrestling just gets boring when guys go into the crowd like this, please let me know that you're not, that I'm not alone. Because I'm worried that like I'm shitting on matches that people are like, yeah, and then they brawled in the crowd. But no, it is boring, though. It's just literally sort of... Bop, bop, stand- bop. I'm going to put my hand on your head and then hit you with my other hand, and then you'll do it back to me, and then we'll move over in front Great of that guy. Great if you're there in the crowds. If you're, I, I'm not denying that. Yeah. I get that crowd brawling, if you're there, must be like so spectacular. You're up, you know, up close. And, and Heyman's probably kind of going saying, you at home going, wow, I want to go there. Yeah. Because look what's happening but now. he's clearly not considering the audience that are watching this on TV who don't yeah. get to see dick all during exactly those yeah there's lots of slipping that's masters offense <laughs> yeah and this is funny right this shows you how much they're into it they're in literally in a darkened corner there's no light on them at all the mm. camera can't even pick them up and the crowd is still chanting ecw yeah they're rabid so you're right they are rabbits yeah they, they they will take five more hours of this taz gets busted open head back into the ring big sick powerbomb by bam bam who then whips taz straight through a table and fucking hell, Taz just gets straight up. The no-selling brother. Yeah. And he puts Bigelow through the little bit of the table that didn't break when he went through the it's table. scrap. He gives a T-bone Tazplex to Bigelow, which is one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. Yeah. Absolutely Beautiful. amazing. Joey Styles then, towards the end of this match, Taz just does a few stomps and he calls every one of them a Brooklyn boot. <laughs> Why? Like, Bam Bam's on the floor. I fucking walk over here. You stay there. Brooklyn boot there by Taz. Kicks him again. Another Brooklyn boot by Taz. What's that all about? Goes to stop him again. He missed the Brooklyn boot that time. <laughs> it's Taz, like, holding up backstage. If you don't call every fucking... Every time my foot goes out, it's a Brooklyn boot, you son of a bitch. And then... He says, oh, he got clothesline out of his boots. His Brooklyn boots, oh, Joey. Did sake. he get clothesline out of his Brooklyn boots, I wonder? It's just, what? His equivalent of Booger Red, I guess. <laughs> yeah, every time you say Booger Red. Brooklyn boot will never get over. I'm just saying, you know. We get a DDT, swinging DDT from Taz mm. through the crepe paper stage. 
Which yeah. like I know it, it's awesome, but it hasn't got the same impact as the ring because that's the ramp, you know. That that could easily be more conceivably gimmicked than the the ring could, you know. It did look a bit crumpled. It looked very hokey. Yeah. Holy shit, chance though, you still get the kind of. Oh yeah, the crowd the crowd aren't gonna piss over anything. No, like no, that. they love it all. Though. I will say though, I like the first one. All right, this this one I think is, was them kind of going, well, what can we do to top this? They didn't top us. Yeah. I think it was kind of hokey. Yeah, but that's, I agree. I know people will disagree with that assessment, though. Both of them get out, and fucking Bigelow is, is out first, and Douglas is like, Bigelow's out! He's out! <laughs> <laughs> I love Douglas in this match. is amazing. He hates Taz it, so much. It, he, right, can I just say now, Shane Douglas was fucking awesome on yeah. commentary throughout all of this. Yeah. He would, in the matches that he had nothing to do with, he would call them, and he would do a fucking great professional job, like... The um, Tanaka versus Awesome match, he called that expertly. Yeah, yeah. But then when it's a match like this where it involves a guy that he's involved with, he does the fucking big ridiculous over the top heel. Yeah, yeah. It's excellent. He can go from one to the other seamlessly. Taz comes out and literally just screams and pounces on Bam Oh, Bam. jumps right on his back into the Taz into mission. Into the Taz yeah. mission. That Kata Hajime. Taz wins via tap out. Shane is very upset. He calls the decision bogus. And then literally just goes, no! Like he's been defeated. Taz then celebrates, calls out Shane Douglas, says, you know, beat me if you can, survive if I let you, gives him the finger. Taz would obviously go on to become the man. Yeah. And become that champion while Douglas would go on to WCW. What did you think of Taz in ECW? Did he live up fucking excellent yeah yeah totally like this is the Taz that has always been you know the fabled legend yeah. is like it's always talked about but I never saw do you think this Taz could have worked in WWF yeah I, I think there's yeah. no reason for him to have it's not right done this there in WWF for the taking, isn't it? it was made the whole gimmick is already done like the hard work is there you know it's already been put in all you got to do is spend a little bit of time putting him over on WWF and like you know Build him up like they did with Kurt Angle. Give him a nice organic way up. Yeah. But they completely fucked him up. They just took one look at Jerry Lawler and thought, I've got some ideas for you. <laughs> you know? This was... Oh, little things like the, the fucking... When he jumps on him and slaps the Taz mission at the end, it's only about three seconds before Bam Bam taps out. Yeah. It's that horrible a move. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's awesome. I fucking love it. Amazing. For our main event... It's the Dudley Boys taking on the Sandman, Spike Dudley and Tommy Dreamer in a Dudley Bill street fight. The ominous, silent and evil Dudley Boys entrance. No music for them to be dubbed over. Yeah. The bastards. Everyone's got cool, fun music. Dudley Boys are evil. No, no fun here, no. Love that. Thoughts on Big Dick Dudley? <laughs> well, the first thing, I was disappointed because the first time I heard of him was a while ago when I came up with my wrestling gimmick was going to be Big Dick Bibolo before you yeah. told me this guy existed. Big Dick I, Dudley, yeah. I was a little pissed off because he's not doing the gimmick justice, I don't think. Like, <laughs> yeah. with, with me... Is this dick not big enough? The like, gimmick would have been based around the dick, you know? It would have been based around the girth, the it, length. It would have, the whole thing would have been, like, you know, about the dick. <laughs> and to him, it's just more of a pun, I think. It's yeah. just a silly name. They're just alluding to the dick. They're not outright stating it. I, I can't help, but, like, I mean, I don't know how significant he was, but to me, as a man that's always known Bubba and D, on by themselves he does just feel tacked on I, I don't know if he was organically like you know originally one of the three Dudley boys yeah he, he was part of like that kind of there was many iterations of the Dudley family but he yeah. would have been like the muscle would have more been part of the entourage it was still very much the actual Bubba core and team yeah uh, we've also chatted about the Dudley boys and you know them getting over in WWF and yeah. whatnot. And they, they go on they do the, the promos basically here the, the ones we were talking about where they're yeah. riding down the fans what did you think of these in the ring? 
Honestly, like genuinely, uh, I knew the kind of caliber of heel work to expect from the Dudley Boys. I've shown you the you one, me the, uh, the the famous that being in this miserable piece of shit yeah, building makes me fucking sick. This woman here is only good for teaching her daughter how to give blowjobs. Yeah, yeah, that, that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I knew that kind of thing. Uh, I did get worked by the sheer, um, like the length that they longer go than to the here. match. Yeah, this is like 10, 15 minutes they spend hyping <laughs> themselves up. Because I'm on the network, right? It's like there's the end, you know, even the milestones in the network, the little dots that show you the, the bits, right? Start of the match. So end right, of the match, match. Yeah. And there's a bit there saying, right, that's the end of Bam Bam and Taz. And there's a huge fucking a gap. Gulf in between. And I'm thinking, did Chris Benoit wrestle on this show? <laughs> like, did he show up for a bit that's been hidden away? But no, these lads talk for a genuine 20 minutes. And again, effective. effective. Like, you know, made me hate them. Made me want to see them get beat up. And at this time, here they are. The transcoastal, transcontinental, and intergalactic six-man tag team champions of the wrestling world. First, from the Twisted Steel section of Dudleyville. 368 pounds, 26 and one half inches of arms attached to the man who can rip the Guinness Book in half with his bare hands and beat the snot out of Ripley, believe it or not, Pro Wrestling's only real mastodon, Big Dick Dudley. Representing the south side of Dudleyville and weighing in at a slim, trim, buff, cut, ripped. No, no, I didn't say stud muffin says. Weight unknown, he is D. Vaughn Dudley. What do you think of Joel? Now, I get the feeling that he's one of these guys that is held in very high, like, you know, nostalgia mm. and love. But he fucking, again, could be disaffective heel work. Did my head in. I, I think I'll show you a compilation of Joel before because yeah. he's very, very sexual, you know, yeah. what he says. You don't say. He crosses a few boundaries. He crosses all of the, like, but he is like, you know, man. I put him up there. He's like Neil Hamburger or something like that yeah. almost. 
just to the point of parody. Mm. And the th- he was so funny, the things he would come up with. It's hard know. to judge him based on this one appearance, I guess. I mean... It was always... Have... It was a juxtaposition. He would say something really fucking, like, Jesus, like, talk about something really crass and really fucking visual and really gross. And then he would tie in with something like... Oh, I'm like a Rubik's Cube, because the more you play with it, the harder it gets. A, a, a tasty one-liner. Yeah, like, it'll yeah. be kind of like, ah, and then like, ah, and then, ah <laughs> you know. Uh, Gertner, sadly not long for the wrestling business, I think. Yeah. Uh, he was only could fit in in this point in time. I am giving him the benefit of the doubt, because I know he has got this sort of reputation that people love him. Yeah. But I think if, he, out more. If, if I didn't know that he had that reputation, I think I would have flat out fucking hated this guy. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah he really got So the entourage skin. then, like, signed Guy Dudley as well, like the fact that he introduces everyone individually, yeah. the quiet behind the riot, the silence behind the violence. Yeah. Like, I love how Gertner gave everyone, like, a, a, like you know, Bubba's from the metropolitan side. They're all from different districts. You know, the steel yeah. sector of Dun- You know, I love that he kind of yeah. gave everyone a little gimmick like that. Yeah, you know? it's cool. It's really, really cool, definitely. But yeah, it it went on too long. Yeah, this reminds me actually. I remember as a kid, like you got this a little tiny bit in WWF, the sort of the building up what Dudleyville was meant to be. Yeah, like, why is it made much more expanded on here? In, uh, in, yeah, in, in, in I remember the, the Vegas we got in was it like at WrestleMania 17 or something where Paul Heyman starts talking about how the Dudley's father was involved in construction. Big Daddy Dudley, like, <laughs> yeah. well, yeah, the gimmick was was that Big Daddy Dudley was like a traveling salesman. And he bedded like every woman in Dudleyville. Oh that's... my god, I didn't know that. Oh, he didn't. That's why. There's actually a proper mythos. Yeah, like... that's why wow. the, the Bubba and Devon are half brothers. Their dad mm. is Big Daddy Dudley. And obviously, brothers one of them. Brothers from another mother. Yeah, another yeah. mother. And that's why it was ridiculous why, like, you know, he had dances with Dudley because, you know, he spent. Big Daddy Dudley spent time on, you know, the Indian reservation outside of Dudleyville. And, you know, everyone had, had kind of like, you know, a, a link up like that. that. So, yeah, that's kind of... They did do it eventually with that. At one point, Gertner refers to him as being the intergalactic six-man tag team champions. <laughs> and Chikara, I think it's time for you to activate those fucking belts, mate. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> They're talking about how they've broken Beulah's neck. Yeah kind of pushing the line a little bit the skankiest prostitute in wrestling our valet Beulah McGillislutty yeah yeah again the ham fisted ham fisted on the nose heel tight yeah and that's the thing because that's probably the shit that the crowd would chant at her yeah so you know God. I mean just the way and she's I the face Joey Stiles goes somebody cut his mic <laughs> yeah. and I imagine this is the difference between ECW and WWF right WWF if someone came out and started talking shit like this boom music hits runs to the ring yeah Heyman obviously runs a very tight shit go no let them finish it's their time you're not allowed to run out yeah you know that's a good point yeah good point Sandman, Dreamer, and Spike lose almost all of their mystique with their entrance music not being there. Yeah, shit. So again, I don't think you should judge Sandman uh, maybe without seeing... Oh, no, I, I, I will say I have seen Sandman's proper entrance. Oh, the one that stand with, 05. Yeah, yeah with yeah. Enter Sandman. Okay, that's and, just good to know. Yeah. And I won't deny that was one of the coolest entrances I've seen in wrestling. Yeah. Just like everything about me tells me that it should be stupid and shouldn't no, work. It's, it's, it works it's for it's fucking him. brilliant. Definitely, definitely. Fuck him up, Sandman. Fuck him up, Chan to start us off folks he can't fuck him up as much as he's fucked himself up at this point (laughs) Devon and Tommy Dreamer start things off really great wrestling I love the fact that these two were never shy at showing us that they could wrestle and you're expecting this to be a garbage brawl it does you know get elements of that later on but you do get swift chain wrestling at the start fucking love it 
amazing. They're like squaring off, flipping over, one up in each other. Devon gets one over on Dreamer and goes, I'm fucking mad. <laughs> I could then watch these guys are tagging Spike Dudley and Bubba Ray. I have said this before about other elements of wrestling, but if I could watch Bubba Ray Dudley throw Spike Dudley around, mm. slam him, powerbomb him, peel him, whatever, I could watch that nonstop. That would be my yeah. wrestling equivalent of a last meal. Just the ferocity, that mic'd up ring that you mentioned, Adam. Yeah. When Bubba Ray looks like he is throwing that 150 pound man as hard as he can. And Bubba Ray's a big fat fucking fucker here. Fuck me. Yeah, he's just tossing him around. Literally. It's, it's unfair. Whoa. Like. It is. You feel so bad for poor fucking Spike here. He I, gets killed. I fucking love Spike Dudley. I love well. him. Always have. You just like, take a beat. Well, obviously, he'll be on the main timeline before long. Yeah, right? yeah. So we'll get to talk about him then. But I think he was so underused. Love, love Spike but... Dudley. Absolutely perfect here. The big fat mean brother throwing him around yeah. Joey Styles just wincing going ow another bubba bomb <laughs> everything's a bubba bomb to you Joey Styles <laughs> Bubba Ray slaps Spike and you can see him go shit <laughs> slaps him Aww. like Sign Guy Dudley on the outside you know the entourage of course again there's a lot of them out there Judge Jeff Jones the referee is out there as well yeah, of course the crooked, ref. the crooked ref you know they've got a lot of fucking a lot of side dishes had the Dudleys I did like when Sign Guy held up a sign saying 1-800-BROKEN-NECK. Yeah, it was support Bueller, 1-800-BROKEN-NECK. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. Uh, Spike makes a comeback. Hurricane Rana to Bubba Ray reverses yeah. that big powerbomb and then Sandman just clocks Bubba with his beer. <laughs> and then we get another amazing tandem squaring off. Sandman and Big Dick Dudley. Yeah. Sandman takes a fucking drink and a drag of his cigarette with every move he does. <laughs> Big Dick lifts up his arms and goes, at every move he does. Now, Big Dick is a great grunter in a sort of a backward sense that he's very quiet while he's wrestling. Yeah. But in between, he'll just stand there and go, Rah! I love Big Dick. Yeah, so good. Fucking Hilarious, amazing. Man. Yeah. They do another big crowd brawl, though. And again, with six men. Must have been great fun to be there, folks, in Ohio. I'm sure I'm you sure, had a great I'm time. I'm sure you you 5,000 in, in Ohio had a lovely, lovely time at the wrestling. With the millions of us around the world. <laughs> the trillions of us on the network were, were not uh, treated as such. It was difficult to keep up. Heading back into the ring, Sandman hit the Heineken Rana. And again, this shows you what I was missing with this crowd ball. They all come back into the ring and half them are bleeding. I don't know how. Yeah. Just everyone's all of a sudden busted like wide Spike's ble- bleeding. Yeah. Fucking big dick is gushing. Yeah, oh God, yeah. He looks like he needs to sit down. Seriously, you want to get the thing checked, mate, yeah. you know? Spike Dudley climbs up the top of a ladder and dies to the outside. Ladder in the ring. As high as he could possibly go. Yeah. Like, no. th- that arena's not massive. I thought he was going to fucking hit his head on the way down. Like, it's so the, high. The fan man is going to pick him up and drag him <laughs> out, like, you know? That, for me, was the spot of the night. Yeah, that was mind-blowingly big. It starts to descend now into kind of much more of the, this is the ECW that probably if someone says describe to me ECW and you're not very familiar with it this is the kind of thing you become. This is the with. stereotypical like um, who's legal? I don't care. Overheard kind of like assumption of what ECW yeah, is. Yeah, and the, Th- this is to be fair the kind of thing I expected. Yeah. Overall, with and this. honestly though, this is kind of what the majority of the fans who are watching ECW. You know, they'll take. They'll, they'll take your you know your your, your technical matches mm. you know your high fly blah, 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 all that stuff but they would have expected at least one of these mm. one kind of oh shit everything you know 
Yeah, and that's Loads why of weapons. All the guys are involved. Yeah, in you know time. the kind of yeah. well run-ins, crazy spots, who's chaos, chaos kickouts, big yeah. moves. That was expected, I think, by the fans. You know, it was always put on usually in the main event, not necessarily showing them that it was usually it wasn't their hottest angle mm. or their biggest stars. It just that was usually the most violent match was saved to last. Yeah, and you know, we get things like you know, Sandman does his sent on the Rolling Rock onto a ladder onto Devon. Oh my god, Devon selling his little dance, incredible! Like, he's like Luke Skywalker being electrocuted, you know, he's fucking convulsing and um, diving all over the place. Absent from this recording, obviously, Mr. Billy Keeble, uh, you know, he has got uh, a particular set of skills known as GIF sounds, yeah. which is setting <laughs> a perfect YouTube audio to a GIF, and that's put on repeat. He's basically. very good at that, actually, Billy. Is yeah. I'm just saying, Billy, find the right song. And get that gif of Devon reacting there, and I think we've got the greatest gif end of all so fucking time. To see that. I'm just saying, to put in perspective, Billy put a gif of three black goats running across a hill, three baby black goats running across a hill, set to the Shields entrance theme. Okay, that's the caliber we're dealing with. He here. also took a, a, a gif of a dog walking around that had no forelegs, and he put it to John Cena's entrance music, and it worked. Like that doesn't make any sense, but it worked. Who is Billy Keeble? <laughs> Bubba Ray does a senton to the ladder to Dreamer. And again, this is me epitomizes kind of garbagey type brawls where you guys are doing the same spots. Yeah. You know, he literally just guys. did it with different guys, yeah. you know? Acid drop by Spike Dudley, but we get a kick out. And then all the entourage starts running in. We get a figure four leg lock to sign guy Dudley, who's got a broken leg. <laughs> Not expect a ground-based submission move in the middle of all of this. No, like a run-in to be stopped with Nature Boy Ric Flair's finishing <laughs> yeah. maneuver. Like It's very NWA of them, you know? <laughs> Judge Jeff Jones, however, saying sign guy Dudley from losing his leg. And then he pile-drives the blow-up doll. Yeah. He pile-drives the effigy of Bula. And then he like mocks Dreamer basically, like EC fucking W, whatever. And then, with a harrowing moment, Tommy Dreamer gives Jeff Jones a pile driver. But Jesus Christ, Jeff Jones looks like an evil pub landlord. <laughs> Could you do me a toast on the grill? No! <laughs> you can only have these mini cheddars and they're really expensive. <laughs> what have you got on tap? Tenants, it's shit. <laughs> you know, and I like to see him get his comeuppance here. Tommy Dreamer picks up for a pile driver, but Jeff Jones has got a serious fucking bit of padding on him. Yeah. But fair fucks to Tommy Dreamer then, because there was nothing wrong with this pile driver. No, an amazing flawless. pile driver onto the dad bod of Jeff Jones. <laughs> fucking Tommy Dreamer puts his hands around there and you sink in like. <laughs> it's a soft, fat pile driver. Then we get total penetration to Tommy Dreamer by Big Dick Dudley. Sake that name. Yeah, and he total just penetration. he does it on the ladder, but he essentially just sits on it himself because he yeah. takes it on his arse. These lads are hurting themselves. Yeah, seriously. Big time. I wonder if there was a word in the year, or if this is just kind of a between the guys. How do you mean? Kind of, you know, because remember we were always assuming that kind of like, oh, you know, it was the guys themselves at WBF who were like deciding that we should do these big spots yeah. whereas now it's transpired from interviews that it's fucking you know Michael Hayes going why don't you jump off you that should ladder? do this you should do shit I'd never do <laughs> <laughs> I ain't doing that shit no do you think it's the environment and the culture of ECW that they're kind of themselves expecting this or can you imagine I love Heyman but I can conceivably imagine him being a bit fucking you should do it's, that <laughs> it's weird. I can imagine Heyman telling them to do certain things 
but I don't think he's necessarily out of line there's doing been that. Go, there's been guys who said that Heyman's never told me to do things, and other yeah. guys who said, "Oh, Heyman." But was e- telling me even to if me. he did, I don't necessarily think it's over the mark to do that because I kind of think that with ECW, you the know, guys that are there, you know what you're in for, and they're wanting to do this kind of thing. I think they're the kind of performers that enjoy this style. No one's going to tell Tommy Dreamer that he's not crotched himself. Yeah, you know. You know? Like they're going to do that regardless, and I think if Heyman wants to suggest things that they might enjoy doing, you know, that's okay to do that. And I if think. he can make money out of that, you know, and now, now forcing someone to do a spot they're not comfortable with—that's a different story. Obviously. Now there is some of that later in ECW. I think, oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, a little bit of that, but not not here tonight. Awesome spot coming up here after the acid drop. It's the Tree of Woe four corners spot where. Three members of the team were all set up, and of course, Joel Gertner also gets set up in the corner. All in the tree of woe. All three participants on the team, non Dudley's team, they all do a drop kick. And who joins them, Adam? The fucking referee. Yeah, Jim Molyneux, because Gertner called him bald at the start. I love that. This match, like you were saying about the chaos involved in ECW. It's descended to the point where the referee's thinking, fuck it, I'll have a go. <laughs> They've like, done this kind of thing in Jakara now, a few times where the referee's yeah. been kind of like, fuck it. You I'm know? getting involved. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll do it, you know. And like, that's I like hilarious. That. Yeah, you can't do it all the time, but that's hilarious. ECW, strangely enough, did have its bit of humour here yeah. and there as well. So Bubba Ray cracks Sandman in the head with a chair. Fucking hell. It's one of those awesome chair shots where he lets go as he's doing it, so the chair just falls to the ground in a heap straight afterwards. Looks fucking horrible he's drunk he doesn't care hit him as hard as you fucking want Bubba then misses a splash and Dreamer gets a DDT onto a ladder which miraculously ends it it just kind of came out of nowhere the ending yeah we didn't even get to see the 3D tonight no, but there it. you go team not Dudley boys wins and uh, post match we get again nice capping off ECW Jack Victory runs out who then of course is interrupted by New Jack when New Jack runs out beats everyone up all the heels all that stuff runs him off Normally, he's got Natural Born Thrillers playing, which is an awesome song. Mm. Here, it's just a... (laughs) And it it really killed it. So again, I would say, before you judge this match, hold off on judgments of both Mr. Sandman and Mr. New Jack, Mm. because you're not made... Well, obviously, Sandman, you know... And with New Jack, I was aware. I've been told that he has this thing where his music's constantly playing all the time, and so it's been ruined by the modern... Yeah, basically, the only way you can find New Jack is, like, you know, bootlegs. Yeah. Pro- to properly get him. So yeah, there you go. What do you think of that match? Then main event. What do you think of it? Great, really good. Yeah, like yeah, good stuff. Um, nice garbage. B- yeah, bit delicious s- garbage. Bit sloppy, like you say, but I think we've at this point in the night we've already had our fill of great quality wrestling. Mm. I think it's nice to. You know, you have your nice gourmet meals, and it's nice to have a bit of junk food. I think after having all the fucking. Great matches we had in the night. It's okay to have something. Yeah, we, we had an awesome meal. We lined our stomachs. We went out in the tear and had a big piss up. Right, well, now we've come back and we've eaten a Frey Bentos pie, even though we don't really need it. Yeah, just for the that, sake That's of what it. this match was. Just to round the night off. And it was delicious as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. ECW Heatwave 1998. First of all, we'll save off big judgments on ECW, but did you enjoy the show? Yes. This pay-per-view was fucking fantastic. Really enjoyed the show. Really then. enjoyed the show. Where would you put it up there, then, maybe, if we're going to draw some comparisons to WWF stuff that we're looking at at the moment, in terms of your enjoyment, would, would, would it be up there, or would it just be like, that was a good show? I would put this along with something like Backlash 99, I think, where yeah. it's a great show. There's a couple of things I don't really necessarily yeah. like, but it's a great show, and, like, top to bottom, the matches are all fucking solid cool. throughout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I think the problems I have mainly with this show aren't problems with the show, they're problems with ECW in general, yeah. things that don't sit right anymore, things that aren't okay nowadays. Uh, yeah, and I, I think it's a, it's a big thing we do need to you know, point out well all the time with this is that, you know, it's easy to, to look at uh, the late 90s, you know, looking at with the morality and the, yeah. uh, we've said this before, but it just goes without saying, you know, it, it, it's obviously looking back it's aged poorly if Paul Heyman was to run a company in a show now mm. it wouldn't be like no ECW. of course it wouldn't yeah it is, it is easy to sort of look back and you could just easily sneer at this kind of thing and I'm not doing it in a sort of a like kind of oh fuck this kind of you know we're, we're just criticising what's not okay anymore exactly I right. mean this is an awesome show which we really enjoyed but there here are these bits that are you know Yikes. I, ca I can't, like, I, I, as much as I would love to just turn off my mind and be like, nah, it's the late 90s, it's cool, it's fine to hit women, like, I can't do that. Yeah, yet. exactly. And, and so we have to call these things out. And that's, and, and I think that for me, I was worried when I was watching the show going, fuck, I've not watched ECW in a few years, and I used to watch it religiously, mm. and I, kn I knew a lot more than, you know, with the edge there of finding out a lot of this stuff doing the podcast, it's kind of, it's been a shock to me, because it's been so long since I've watched yeah. it. But I knew in the back of my mind that ECW was, you know... Reprehensible. It was reprehensible. <laughs> yeah. like, so I'm like, oh, fuck it now. I'm not going to be able to like ECW anymore. Yeah. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with liking a show as long as you can, you know, maybe re recognize that there's a few, you know, there's yeah. a few issues there. I, I, I'm one of the people where it's like, just because there's some things in it that are really horrible and leave a bad taste, I don't think you can discredit an entire no. show because of that. Because on this show you had amazing wrestling. Yes. Really amazing wrestling, and so many different types of wrestling. I was about to say the variety that was on offer was insane. Again, you know, it's a it's a thing, a common thing where people kind of go like, "Oh, ECW, it wasn't just like you know a hardcore match. There would be a match with look look at footage of Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko from 1994, mm. right?" Get that out of your heads. It's a fucking spectrum, folks. And ECW fills in all the blanks from the straight-up nonsense, pure, solely garbage things yeah. like Axel Rotten and Ian Rotten punching each other with glass on their hands. Jesus. To, like, you know, that kind of sub-CZW level of, that's fucking stupid. All the way up to, like, a technical masterpiece, you know, with, you know, Jericho and Benoit or yeah. what have you. But all those creamy middles in between. Looking at the... Uh, the, the opening two contests in this one with Candino and Lance Storm. Those alone, yeah. Okay, those aren't your classic straight-up, pure technical, we're above using any sort of interference or weapons. Hmm. They managed to blend those styles in, and you've got a nice spectrum as a result. And ECW, you've, there's no lack of variety as a result. There no. will be something on this show that you will like. Definitely. If you're a wrestling I, I'd, fan. I'd agree with that statement, yeah, for sure. And, and I know people who would hate a lot of the stuff in this show. Yeah, that's an even truer statement. And I know people who, I know people who would hate a lot of this, but still, if I showed them certain matches I know they would still go that's fucking awesome yeah I've never seen that before yeah I think 17 years after the fact that you said that several times throughout this episode yeah. this this was a phenomenal show and yeah. as much as I think that maybe I wouldn't necessarily get on with ECW as a whole I don't you know I don't think I'll be watching every episode on the network anytime soon yeah yeah but would it, you be? Would this maybe make you want to seek out? De definitely. This has convinced me that I want to see some more classic ECW pay per views and check them out now. Yeah. Uh, might check out CZW as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. But that's good because I was wondering if this was a case. That, was there enough there to maybe definitely ignore you? Because I mean, with WCW, when we watched those pay per views, we watched one very good one and one very well, I say very good one that's considered their best and one that was, was considered awful. their worst. 
and neither of those inspired me to watch any more WCW ever again. Yeah. Whereas this now, I immediately know that I'm going to at least there'll be at least another three or four pay per views I'll get to watch out of this. Which of the wrestlers that you saw tonight that you weren't familiar with before are you like most inclined to maybe? Check out who who impressed you here, or even maybe wrestlers that you already knew. Like who was your um, actually? Well, I would say if you were to give this a match of the night an MVP, we don't usually do it for bonus episodes, but I think for you, okay, it's, yeah, it's no, good. Yeah, in this you're, you're right to do that. Match of the night for me is definitely um, Mike Awesome versus Masako Tanaka. That was pff, ridiculous. Yeah, fucking ridiculous. And it was like because I'd seen them fight before at One Night Stand. I knew the kind of there was a press. Knew what you were up to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so I got immediately excited for that straight away and it didn't fucking let down at all. Uh, MVP, I'm going to have to sort of split this, but I'm going to give it to Hayabusa and uh, Jinsei Shinzaki. I'm going to give it to those two just because I'd never heard of these guys before. No idea who the fuck they, they were. They blew you away by the same and things. Their in-ring performance, their mystique, their look, literally everything about them top Someone's bottom. getting Googled later. Seriously. <laughs> if anything, I'm going to probably check out more of those guys because I no, have no idea who they are. And if they could have been fucking big stars in WWF, I think. I would say definitely if there's any of these like matches or segments on the basis of what Adam thought of this, definitely tweet in at E Podcasts. Do at Biblops on my personal And at Biblops as well. Shout, yeah. yeah, give them a shout, let them know what kind of stuff. Uh, well, and finally, how many Star Wives would you give this pay-per-view? <laughs> um, I'm going to give it four out of five. Oh, you heard it here first. Did we just... Which podcast are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of the Out of Two Era podcast. And as always, make sure if you're following on SoundCloud, iTunes, or on Stitcher that you subscribe, go back, check out the other episodes, and leave a rating or review. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at AE Podcast, where we keep in touch with everyone and live treat raw and pay-per-views and we can. Also, facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast. Fan votes for episodes such as these, caption contests, fan art, all that kind of stuff. Get over there, get in touch at facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast. And of course, if you're in the market for some videos, you can of course head over to youtube.com forward slash AE Podcast. Check out some of our previous episodes with clips that have been set to video. Those that are left, of course, that YouTube have not taken down. And if you are into some shorter things, check out Vine as well. We're on Vine. Link to the Twitter account, at AE Podcast, that we mentioned earlier. And if you're a hardcore member of the Glad Gay community and you want to help support this podcast, and you can do so by going to selfie.com forward slash AE Podcast, where audio commentaries for wrestling movies are available now. Documentaries such as Wrestling With Shadows and Beyond The Mat joined alongside network documentaries like CM Punk Best In The World alongside some truly odd ones like Steve Austin The Condemned and most recently added of course Scooby-Doo and the Wrestlemania Mystery which Mr. Billy Keeble joined myself and Adam for they're all available to download and listen alongside those movies here are thoughts they are £3 or $5 you pay using PayPal check them out reviews so far have been amazing and thanks again for supporting the Attitude Era podcast that's going to do it for me Kevin and also Adam and uh, why don't give Cinema Swirl a listen to if you've not done so already we've made enough bloody references in this episode we'll catch you next time on the Attitude Era podcast <laughs> <laughs>